What's up, everyone? How you doing? How you feeling? A little late today. Sorry about that. I was running all over. A lot of driving in LA. Um, I hate it. Cannot wait to go back to New York and just walk everywhere or risk my life on my bike. I would rather do that than sit in all the goddamn traffic here. It truly makes me want to go insane. And everyone talks about it. And guess what? I don't care because it makes sense why they do. Because it's infuriating. Um, a lot of shit has gone on. I wanted to keep this brief because the episode is like an hour and 50 minutes. Um, but it's it's really good. I don't really think there's any lag point. It's just a very fascinating story. Or a, um, a group of stories from this guy, Jay. Jay Brewer, Prehistoric Pets on Instagram. Uh, this dude that posts crazy-ass videos with snakes and t- turtles and alligators. And I, I saw his stuff online, and he seemed like just a really positive dude. And also was doing some really cool, crazy shit. And I was like, let me see if I can interview this guy when I go to L.A. And I drove down to Fountain Valley, like an hour and a half away from where I live. Went to his place and just uh, interviewed his ass. It was great, man. I was there till the, the place closed. And, man, we we talked so long, one of the, the cameras cut off. Like, that's how long we were talking for. So, when I when I posted online, there's going to be a point where it just cuts off. Um, which is fun. But, wish I had an outlet. Really wish I had that. But it's cool. All good? It's all good. It's all good just like just like you should be all good. Because you're checking in with yourself. You're like, how am I doing? How am I feeling? What are, what thought, What crazy ass thoughts are going through my head? Let me embrace them for a second. Oh shit. I do hate that lady that, that sits down. Three cubicles for me. You're delivering food. You're like, oh my god, I hate this client. See someone walk across the street, you're like, what if I just push them to the street? You know, just crazy stuff like that. I don't know. You guys don't have those thoughts? I have those thoughts. But I don't act on them. (laughs) What's going on? That Jesse Smollett shit? Smollett, right? Jesse Smollett. Like, what are you even gonna... It's insane that he is now getting off and... For nothing, that that is anyone involved with that should be like ashamed of themselves, and anyone. I would love to hear someone try and stick up for that. I would love to, because I wouldn't even. I would listen to them and just be like, everything you're saying, even if it's the best argument ever, I'd be like, wow, you you are so good. At lying. Like, so good at it. Because that dude, that, that the dude should should be in jail. Because he almost got other people convicted for some shit they didn't do. I don't know. People are like, it's conspiracy. There's politics involved. And it's, it's like, so wild. I'm not going to say I'm surprised. Like, I, I was surprised. I just, I thought that people, especially like nowadays, people want to make a... 
an example of him and just show, oh, okay, like justice, uh, you know, we, we want to, you know, we're, we're all about pushing forward, so, you know, social justice, all this, we're, we're trying to further the cause, so we're not going to let someone who basically tried to took advantage of it get off free, but now he's just doing community service and paying 10 Gs. Oh, cool. That looks good. That's definitely going to help everyone feel like the system isn't broken because it is. I don't know. I feel like I, at one point, I, you know when sometimes you're like, I had more to say about that, but I don't remember it. So that's cool. That, that's fucking tight. That's tight when that happens when I'm, I'm recording this and I can't think about that. The one thing that really pissed me off today was, dude, I hate it when someone says a different language with that language's accent, but like does it super overpronounced when they're like, oh, you know, I'm, um, I would love to have some carne asada doc. Like now, now listen. If you, if English is not your first language and you say something like that, especially if you have an accent, it makes so much more sense. But even if not, if you say that, it's okay. I get it. It's, it you, you're saying that in your native tongue. Like it makes more sense to say it like that. Totally. But if you speak English perfectly and you're speaking English, and you switch. Yeah, if English is your first language and you do that, fuck you. Seriously, like fuck you, dude. You you are you're, you're signaling to everyone like, hey, I'm cultured. Um, I respect this. Like this is me saying, hey, I really respect your language, and, and I don't want to like whitewash it by saying it. Look, dude, you don't have to say carne asada. Just say carne asada. In English, that's all it is, okay? Because you know what? People pick and choose the thing, you know, or you know what? If you're going to do that, I want you to say every word from other languages like that, okay? When you go to the coffee shop, I want you to say, um, hi, can I have can I have one cafe au lait? And uh, can, also with that, can I get one croissant? Yeah, say that, okay? Don't say cafe au lait and croissant. Say croissant. And café au lait. All right? Say it like that. Because you do it with other things. What's up? Oh, now you don't want to say it like that? Or you feel stupid saying like that now? Fucking. It's fake, dude. It's it's signaling. It's like this weird way of signaling and saying. It almost feels like elitist. I, I, like, it almost feels like, oh, I know the right way to say it. You know? Because guess what, man? I know people that speak other languages. And... Or even me, or no, no, even me. Like I, I, like I know how to speak Spanish, and when I've spoken to other people in Spanish, and they're like, "Hey, let's go to Disneyland." When they're like, "Vamos a like vamos a Disneyland," they don't go like, "Oh yeah, vamos a Disneyland." No, they don't say Disneyland. It's super Englishy, they just go, "Vamos a Disneyland," but they, but then like you say it. Kind of in the, because your brain is already thinking in that language. So you're going to say it kind of in that accent, in that that tone, and the rhythm of that language. You're not going to say, Disneyland. Oh yeah, vamos a Disneyland. You, you 
would get slapped. <laughs> I, I kind of want to do that now. Like go to another place and just be like, oh, like my hand's hurting. And I'm like, oh, me duele mi hand. Me duele mi hand. It just sound like a dictionary. <laughs> it just, it, it's, it's so fucking fake. Every, everyone in the news does it. That That's who, usually, that's who really does it. Most normal people don't, but it's like in the news, reporters and stuff do that. People just pronouncing anything. It's just like, dude, <clears throat> I know in your head you went, okay, this next thing coming up, I got to show everyone that I speak the language and pronounce it the right way out of respect. No one, no one cares. No one fucking cares. People People barely care about the news you're saying. No one cares. Oh, people are coming up. We, they're refugees in Tijuana. Tijuana. Just say Tijuana. For real. I, like. It just. Next time someone does that, I'm going to be like, why are you saying it like that? Now, for, no, for, for real though. For like, they're like, oh, no, no, it's just not, no, 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 for real. When you went up to say it, you, you, you changed and you were like, okay, no, I'm going to say it like this. Right? Come on. Just be real with me, man. Did you want to... It's almost, it's like... Yeah, it's, it, it's like a underhanded way of being like, oh, well, by the way, I actually speak the language. That That's what it is. I actually speak the language. I'm a little bit better because I, I speak two languages. I don't give a fuck. I don't care how many languages you speak, dude. And I know this might sound ignorant, just one dude. No. Dude, languages, that's dope, all right? I've wanted to speak, I've wanted to speak Italian. I speak a little bit of Spanish. I love it. I love people that speak other languages. You speak 10 languages, that's fucking awesome, right? Good for you. That you, that's, that's so sick, for real. Like, that's amazing. But if you try and be like, oh, I'm better than you because I learned, I know how to speak, like, No. You just spent a lot of time learning something else. I could do that, but I don't want to, okay? I could learn how to play the guitar. I did, and I forgot, okay? I just don't want to. Just say croissant is what I'm saying. There's there's so many other like... There's going to be so many other examples of when people don't do it that I think about after this. But I can't think of them right now. I don't know why I just went on that rant, but I kind of just had to get it out. And I, and I kind of want to see, I can't wait for someone to to message me and be like, I don't agree with you at all. That would be cool. Um, go for it, man. I hope this goes viral. I mean, the whatever. Yeah, I hope... So, White dude shits on other languages. Yeah, for sure. That would be so sick. Bring it on, dude. I'll tell all of them to suck a cock. To suck my dick. And then I'll throw salt in their eyes. Because um, people from the podcast know what that means. (laughs) Straight white male comedian um, disses other languages and then threatens to throw salt in people's eyes. Oh my god. I'm happy actually. I'm happy. I'm 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 good. I'm feeling good. You guys are 
you guys are, you know, you guys are doing good. I hope so. Taking some deep breaths, checking in. That's it. We're good. Just ranted for 12 minutes. Did you need it? Did you like it? Fuck yeah, you did. Hey, screenshot this bitch. Let me know you're listening to it. I'll shout you out on Instagram. You guys are the best. I love all of you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Seriously. Um, Give me suggestions if you want. Uh, Thank you for all the people that give me real... um, Real questions when I post on Instagram. Yeah, like, follow me on Instagram because I, I, I'll post the guests and they'll ask for questions. And the people that give me uh, dumbass questions and fake ones, I hate you um, with seriously like a deep, deep part of uh, of me. Most of you guys are like my best friends, but I hate you guys. Y- you can hate and love someone, but yeah, I hate you. All right, man, we're at 13 minutes. This is great. I'm loving it. I'm feeling good. This episode is dope. It it gets really deep, man. We barely even talk about animals. This guy just goes back into his life story, and it is insane, and he went through a lot, and and I'm starting to learn more and more that a lot of people that are the most positive uh, have gone through a lot of pain and hurt to, to get there, truly. So let me know what you think. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks again for listening, psychos. Without further ado, we're all love to hear. Please welcome Jay Brewer. And then uh, we're here. We're doing it. We we are here with Jay Brewer, prehistoric pets. Freaking <laughs> living the dream. Living the dream. Okay, live, so so where did that start? Where did living uh, the dream start from? Well, to be completely honest, yeah, uh, I come from a really harsh background. Really? Yeah, I was I was started out as adopted out. And okay, and I was adopted by an older couple. Uh huh. And the older couple was uh, had money when they adopted me, and basically my my mother they lost their company, and uh, my mom died working at at uh, she was fifty. 50-ish, uh-huh. and she died when I was four. Jeez. And uh, then I had a single, you know, 60-year-old dad, basically. Yeah. And uh, and basically, by the time, we were really, really poor. And uh, Really? Where were you growing up? In Tustin, California. Okay. And uh, basically, what ended up happening was, is, you know, life was rough, and I didn't really, I didn't go to school. I had learning disabilities. Really? Yeah. So I just, like hated school because i mean who wants to go to school just to prove you're an idiot (laughs) (laughs) i'm not an idiot but you know what i'm saying my point is if you feel like you're an idiot especially back then Uh you know there's a lot of you know i'm not all for giving kids special grades but i think that kids that have a little bit of a difficulty could be you know helped give i mean now they have extra time now they i I think they change a lot and some of it i think is for the good and Mm -hmm. you know i think that people need to realize that just because you're not smart and what a book smart doesn't mean you're not yeah. capable of finding a, a, a niche in life. But at that point I had no idea. And, uh, basically we ended up moving, you know, I liked fishing. So I'd go down the beach Pull and, a little bit closer. Just yeah. Hear you. There I'd we end, like that. So I would end up going down the beach fishing and, uh-huh. and I ended up talking him into moving down the beach and your dad. Yeah, yeah. And he, by this time he was pretty old and, uh, he started, he actually had some, a whole bunch of health issues and, uh, a doctor recommended he have a a beer to help get gain uh-huh. weight. Is so the story goes. Well, 
He used to be an alcoholic, so I had an alcoholic dad all of a sudden. And oh, so he had, turned to, he had stopped drinking and then the, yeah, and that the doctor. Yeah, turned into just complete hell. And Shit, man. Yeah, I ran away a couple. I didn't even run away. I just told him, hey, I'm out of here. Don't How old me. were you? I was like 13. You just peaced out? Yeah, I just basically would go find some, you know, go to a friend's house and say, hey, can I stay my, you know, tell them my why. Dad's. And they're like, well, yeah. does your dad know where you're at? And I'm like, yeah. And I told him not going home. And then he'd quit drinking for a little bit. And, mm-hmm. And that would turn, you know, and then he'd be back to normal for a few days. And, yeah. And anyway, ended up, ended up at 14 years old. I actually left. I actually moved out of the state from him for about six months. Mm-hmm. With a, a weird enough is another friend, another guy that I looked up to that was an alcoholic. <laughs> but I never drank because I just always thought, for some reason in my mind, I may not have been the sharpest, sharpest. Uh, in the shed. Yeah, yeah. But I just looked and I thought. That's stupid. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing that. You so you've know? never drank since then. I never taken drugs in my life or drank. Really? I always, no. I always just looked at people who took drugs and and uh, I was a judgmental little kid and just <laughs> thought, you know what? You're wasting your life and I don't want to waste my life. I already have enough issues. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at a very young age, I thought like that, and it's kind of weird because I had, I, I got to say, I had a lot of friends, uh-huh. and every one of them loved me for my brutal honesty like man that's stupid what do you do that for yeah yeah <laughs> and they look at me and go i don't know but i can't quit now <laughs> you know and so anyway my dad i moved back from uh, i actually moved to nevada for a while this is kind of deep but no, no, i moved back it. from nevada and uh, funny enough is i before i left i'd gotten uh my first get we'll get you in the story here yeah yeah. Uh, i got my first snake it okay. was a it wasn't my first snake it was my first non-native snake it was a boa and this boa was a big, huge Saranam. It was wild caught and it wouldn't eat. And I traded it for things I caught because I went into irrigation ditches and yeah. caught frogs and lizards and snakes. And, and I go to the pet store. And back then you could just sell them to the pet store and trade them off. So I traded up to this big boa and the big boa wouldn't eat. So I took it back to the shop and they go, well, the only other cool snake we have is this 14-foot reticulated python. It was probably more like 15 Jeez. And don't ask me how I didn't get killed and die from a 14 foot retic. Yeah. And I'm really, honestly, I really think it was bigger than 14, but you know, you're young, you think yeah, things yeah. are bigger, but it was a monster snake. And, and, uh, where were you living when you had to, you know, in Newport beach. And funny enough is when, when we went, when I went to Nevada, I left my snake there and ended up passing away from uh-huh. too cold because it was the coldest year on record. And it was yeah. like literally snowed in newport beach like it snowed ice, in newport beach like you know probably hail but yeah yeah and where i was at it was like ridiculously cold in nevada it was like breaking all kinds of records and uh-huh. we lived in this abandoned shack and it was literally abandoned no floor in it and Is i was you and your dad no this was oh. actually my the guy told you that i oh once you yeah. let when you left your dad yeah yeah and uh and it was it's kind of amazing i, I don't even know how i survived it all but i went to school out there and Got in a lot of fights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They didn't like me because I was from California, and they didn't. They had like a I had Nevada longer feud. hair, and they thought I was just a drug addict, and yeah, and that was like fighting words to me because I didn't like drugs or <laughs> yeah, so drinking. Like, and I'll show you. And so I was like, really? You yeah. Know, and they, so, but anyway, I what ended was up, your record? Yeah, you have a good record. Oh, in the I, fights? Yeah, I, I never. I honestly somehow. <laughs> Never really got beat up. Oh, damn. Good for you, man. Yeah. Okay. I, I had a real intimidating spirit, so uh-huh. I got out of a lot of fights just literally by them yeah. thinking 
this guy is freaking crazy. I'm yeah. not going to fight him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm not proud of, but yeah. you know, I guess you survive, you do what you have to do. But basically I moved back down to Newport beach mm-hmm. with my dad and, uh, it wasn't long and he was, you know, he start drinking a lot and, uh, he actually drank himself to death. And the night that he drank himself to death, I don't know how I knew, but I came into the house and he was mm-hmm. drunk on the couch, sitting on the, actually in a chair and, he had a beer in his hand, and I slapped it out of his hand and said, I'll be shocked if you live through the night. And, and that was the night he that died? That was the night he died. Jesus. Yeah, it wasn't too fun. How old are you? I was 14. So you went through, so the first 14 years of your life were insanely rough. Yeah. Would you say those have probably been the most rough of your entire 54 uh, years here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? I mean, I, I mean, I've had a lot of rough experiences since, but I mean, honestly... Dealing with all that was rough later, because I mean, oh, coming it, it, coming to terms well, with it later on. I mean, you kind of you know you 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 know, <laughs> it, you don't just turn into a nice guy overnight. If no, you, you know, and I mean, I you know, so deep down inside me, I was I still had a lot of anger. anxiety and anger, and so it took a lot of years to kind of work my way through all that. And I, you know, to be honest, I at <laughs> the miracle was at fourteen when my dad drank himself to death the uh-huh. night he did. I was so mad. I, I left for about an hour and a half and came back. Yeah. And when I came back, I sat on the couch. And we had roommates, and they all drank with my dad and yeah. took their drugs and uh-huh. smoked their pot and popped their blue, their the their blues. reds, yeah, yeah. Reds, reds and blues and all every whatever they all were. But yeah, and they you know they were just they were all a mess. And uh, I basically sat down and I and I my dad wasn't sitting out front. And I just was so angry. And I heard a thud in the bathroom, and I everybody didn't, wasn't paying attention. I got up, walked in there, walked in the bathroom, and my dad was on the ground. And I literally just walked back out the there, and they said, "Oh, what was the sound?" And I literally looked at everybody. And go, oh, it's just my dad dead, dead in the floor. And I walked away, and they ran down, and we didn't even have a phone. They ran down, and they ran by me, and called nine one one from a payphone and i never you know i don't know why i knew he was dead i mean because he really just was laying on the ground yeah he could just pass but out. i just in my heart i just knew like somebody told me walked down the beach freaked yeah. out mostly pissed off like i just want him back for a minute to tell him how much of a jerk he, he is. is for doing this i yeah. didn't really want any more than wanting him back for a yeah. minute i didn't care if he ever came back again i just wanted to tell him so dealing with that your whole life is not necessarily easy transition in life and uh, we all yeah, have, we all so. have something to deal with. Yeah, but some people more more than of others. Of course, of course, and, and some people have yeah. the ability to deal with it better than others. And, yeah. But the thing that saved me was that night. I'm a, a very lucky person because I went to a friend's house, and his uh-huh. name was Uncle Louie. And uh-huh. so when I went to Uncle Louie, yeah. Uh, when the police came to tell me my dad was dead, yeah. Which I walked in, I just knocked on the door and said, "Oh." Can I spend the night? My dad died. And he was like, he didn't ask me nothing. He's like, yeah, you know what I mean? What do you say? Well, sometimes in those moments, people get so uh, like f- straightforward. Like you almost can't believe how well, he didn't, casual they are about well, it. Well, he didn't yeah. know what to say. I mean, like, what do you mean he died? He just was like, man, it's like one o'clock in the morning. And, yeah. You know, and I just came off the beach yelling and screaming at, at a God that I didn't even know how I believed in him at that point. But I yeah. somehow must have believed in him because I was yelling and screaming at some Somebody that I, I don't think I'd yell and scream at somebody I didn't believe in. Yeah. I didn't figure that out till years <laughs> later. I mean, it's really funny, but when you stop and think about it, yeah. it's it, it took me like a couple of years to realize 
you know, like, wow, I really did, you know, I, I mean, I didn't think I believed in God at that moment, but I realized I must have. Because you're, yeah, you're screaming yeah. at him. Yeah, I mean. Because if you didn't, you would have just. I'd have just been know, upset. Screamed at some random dude in the street. Yeah, exactly. But at least and, he's there. And so anyway, uh, when the police came, they came and they said, uh, you know, hey, is Jay here? And they yeah. said, yep. And, and they said, uh, his dad is dead. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, yeah. what's the big deal? Can you, why are you interrupting my sleep? Yeah. And I, and I basically, they left. And uh, because his name was Uncle Louie, mm-hmm. they thought he was my uncle. Whoa, so seriously? I, so I evaded. Probably like something I could have never survived. Which was going back into the... Going into the system. Because you, you said I, you started in the system, Well, right? but as or, a baby. Yeah. So, I mean, I... You were four when you got out I of it. I don't think I would have lasted 10 minutes in, in a lockdown situation. You don't think so? No, nah, I would have been beating everybody up that yeah. didn't like me. And, and they would have been trying to beat me up. And it would have just... It just would have been chip on it. I mean, I, you know... Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? Yeah. It's <laughs> just a common denominator of reality. Yeah. And so it was, uh, I was very lucky. And, and so I basically uh, got a chance at life that was just me really being my own adult mm-hmm. at 14. And uh, I started a business and I was lucky enough to do well with it. And I, you know, didn't really get any help, but I, what business did you start when you were 14? I started a fishing business. I actually built with a, Uncle Louie. Was this yeah, the one in Nevada? Well, no. This is now. This point, I'm back at Newport Beach. Okay. And uh, oh yeah, because you had come back. Yeah. yeah and uh, basically, <laughs> funny part is, I'm actually wrote wrote a book about my life. Yeah. It's not done, but I'm. You're working on it. I it's it's written now. I need uh-huh. to piece the the bridges together so that it the what made the difference is for other people to find is what I want to. Okay. You know, I mean, I want it to yeah, be, yeah. I want it to have a lot more than a story mm-hmm. of what I poor me because it wasn't poor me. It was really now I would say lucky me. Yeah, you so you look at those past yeah, experiences. Yeah, but it took a long luck. time to get to the point where I looked <laughs> yeah. at it positive. <laughs> I would say I would say so. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> well, because yeah, you said even like being young, you had a lot of anger and just oh, when I was and was that you think that was part I of had it? A lot yeah, of anger still. I mean, abandonment issues and well, yeah, because I mean, you you first you didn't have your real parents, and I then mean, you went to the adopted parents, and then yeah. they, they left. Well, they died. Yeah, I mean, they did yeah, exactly. Yeah. They died. One of them like was drinking, so yeah. you probably pissed at him. Like, how are you doing this? You yeah, know, yeah, I mean the whole thing i mean it was so it was quite an experience so you know get back on subject here living yeah. the dream well i've literally went from you live the opposite 14 of the dream. years old yeah. with no mom no dad no relative nowhere to live no money yeah to going to princes houses in other countries yeah and if that ain't living the dream you know having billionaires invite you to their place and mm-hmm. you're like hanging out with them and they're you know, treating you really good and, and you don't have money, but yet yeah, they treat you like with respect and you're like going, how did I get here? Yeah. Yeah. This is like fantasy. And it's not just the money, but it's just the fact that like, I just came back from a trip and I got treated like a King. Australia or the other one? I went to Australia. I got treated like I was a rich guy you know, or somebody really stupid famous. Uh And I mean, I got to do things that people never get to do. Yeah. I mean, I, and then I went to Indonesia and had a thousand people, almost a thousand people show up to Jak- in Jakarta to a an event they put together in two weeks, you know, wow. just for me to show up. You know, I was like, what the heck? This is crazy. Billboards all over. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I've hatched. I mean, I, you know, obviously I'm a, known for my snakes. Uh-huh. I've hatched probably 250 world's first, 
You know, really? And, yeah, I've never what been kind of seen be- like color phases had never been seen before. How does that happen? Well, it happens by you find us. So let's say there's 20 people and they all have a snake that came from the wild. That's mm-hmm. a mutation with different colors and it's supposed to be or different pattern. And, you know, so I've got I got one out of the wild myself. And then but all these people have all these pieces. So I so I basically bought all the pieces and, you know, early in the game and crossed them together and created, you know, basically like an artist and and match this mail with that mail. And, you know, I have a business, so I was able to get, you know, people to help me in the respects of the labor part. So I had people help me clean cages. I had, you know, Tim to help me with the breeding when I'm Mm -hmm. busy working or building something, he could be focusing on that. So I was able to, to make a lot of worlds first and that's where it really comes from. So just to be able to be involved in things that have never happened before on earth are kind of a trip. You know what I mean? I know it's just snakes, but it's still, I mean, they're awesome. When your dream is, if your dream is riding a motorcycle and being a top motorcycle guy yeah. when you're doing it, you're living a dream. Yeah, even though I know I've seen online you're not a big fan of motorcycles. Oh, I, you know, I'm not. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, if you want to get on a motorcycle and that's your dream, go I'm for it. Down with it. Okay. I've no. I've learned in life that judging other people is stupidity mm-hmm. because we're all really truly made to yeah. be us. And, yeah. and and I, I think that we have a tendency of looking at other people to try to be them. Yeah. And I, I think that's one of the mistakes in life. Yeah, I agree with you. Like and, seeing other people and then going, how do I be like that? Yeah. And I'm, I always try to tell people online, uh, you know, hey, you know what? And, and you know, it's funny because I picked the term living the dream. Uh-huh. But I almost wish I would have picked the term in a way of, you know, live your best life. Yeah, yeah. But, it ain't, but to me, you know, living the dream is a little bit better because it's less on you. It's more of like... It just happens if yeah, you just okay. let yourself be. I mean, uh-huh. it sounds so super spiritual, but in yeah, a way it you, is. I mean, in a way, it's really just allowing yourself to be happy with where you're at and what you got. Uh-huh. And it's amazing how things can get better. Well, I mean, you have seemed to have gone through it and seen it happen in uh, front of your eyes. And, so, and, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I almost lost my business. I can't tell you how many times the, the fishing one or the all, well fishing was the only business that I ever had that was always money. Oh, you're making money. Oh on my it. gosh! Yeah. All I ever did is make money fishing. It was really like, yeah. Honestly, when I was a fisherman, it was like it was a miracle. I mean, I could catch fish like I fished with people that have been fishing thirty years. Yeah, it was nothing for me to keep up with them and catch more. To maybe. be honest, yeah. I broke records left and right. Really? Yeah, a place had been there for a hundred years, and just boom—the most of those you ever seen. Boom, the most of those you ever seen, and uh, it was just—it was different techniques, or were it you was just my, like doing it, it nonstop. Honestly, I think it was just that I was my mind. Mm-hmm. I didn't do good in school, right? Yeah. So I wasn't like other people. Okay. So the thing that I hated was actually uh-huh. my strength, which I think we'd all find out if we face the thing we hate. We might be shocked that it's actually our strength if you look at it different. And so being different really made me able to think different. Got it. Because when you think like everybody else, you're only going to be like everybody else. But if you yeah. think like you're you, then you have a tendency of bringing your natural strengths into the game. Mm-hmm. And so with fishing, I asked everybody what they did. I yeah. compiled it and I just created my own way of thinking and I thought like a fish and and for some reason, you know, it's, it worked it's, out. it's honestly like the reptiles, I believe, 
I always kid around. I said, if I'm ever as good at reptiles, I'm at fishing. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, and, but in real life, the way I've done well in, in reptiles yeah. is literally by thinking like a reptile. Okay. So, I mean, I know that sounds bizarre, but I, you know, I, if you watch a subject matter for long enough, mm-hmm. you kind of start realizing, Hey, that thing's always sitting in the cold end. Yeah. So maybe I need to lower the warm end. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so to find, and so I can get it to migrate over to the warm end, then I know I actually have a cold end. Got it. Okay. And so all of a sudden, animals that people were keeping at 90 degrees, I started realizing that snake hates 90 degrees, and that's why it never has babies. Oh, okay. Or, or that animal that that animal's always on the hot end. That animal wants 110 degrees. Oh, so you start, yeah. So you start to learn, you know, what makes the animal tick. Well, I had to figure out what made fish tick, and that was just a natural thing for me. So I think that I, I think I do better than most people with animals in a lot of ways because I have a tendency to, to connect with them a little bit. You've always connected with animals. Yeah, I try to connect with people too, to be honest, because I really, yeah. I really like people a uh-huh. lot. I think I, I think that being an orphan taught me that blood isn't all that big a deal yeah you know what i mean i i have now the crazy part and i have a real father a real mother yeah, yeah. i have i mean i found my real mom i found my real dad oh you did yeah at 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 30 some years old so, so how did that come about <laughs> i <laughs> just i could tell stories until we ran out of you know let's do it ran out of tapes but basically uh i wanted to find my parents at when i was about 30 years old okay to, because i thought Man, you know I'm overweight. I'm not in very good shape. Are you and still it, fishing at this point, though? Uh, no, I was. Now I'm in full time reptiles. Okay. I had I had a basically two kids uh-huh. working on the third one, and all I could think about was is you know, oh my dad left me. I don't want to leave my kids. Yeah. You know, and I was worried about. Were you, you know, feeling that, or were you just absolutely? Oh, you I were mentally. Feel, oh, you was, were feeling like you were like my oh. whole life. I thought I would die young. Oh, okay. I mean, I think it comes naturally when you. I mean, to be honest, I can't uh-huh. doubt. I couldn't count all my dead friends with my hands, my toes, and my. Oh, so you've had a lot of death in your yeah. A lot, and Jeez. because they were all drug addicts, fishermen mm-hmm. drink. Yeah, fish, you know, yeah. I mean, it just it's just the way it is. And I mean, my you know, my dad drank himself to death. You know, people drank themselves to death all the time in front of me. You know, I mean, I I just first of all, I was given away. So I mean, to me, I mean, I was playing a game of life that was not going to last long. Yeah, and so. It was always, you know, I mean, everybody's got to have the feeling that, you know, I'm never going to make it to the top. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm ne- well, I never thought I would have my own family. Then I had my own family. Then when I got my own family, I was like, damn, I wonder how long I'm going to live. And I was stressed out that they were going to be left poor. And, you know, I was always struggling to make money. And Especially opening something like this. It's like, it's not the easiest it, thing well, to Well, I mean, I, at any point, on. I could leave my wife with, no, you know, no money, no future. Just a bunch of snakes and lizards. Right. <laughs> and and a bunch of kids and three kids that needed yeah. to be taken care of. So it was really a lot of weight on me. And so when I, I kind of wanted to know, I didn't like want to fi- find my family to get anything from. I just wanted to know, like, what is my genetics? Okay. You know, like, like do I have... Yeah, good obesity genes, or or bad, like gene, that, bad or... genes. You know, like I kind of started to wonder how long I would live, and you know, I mean, because I was already live in my mind, I had already did the stuff that I thought would never happen, and I think that drove me a little bit. Luckily, were you curious? Like, did you also want yeah, to be like, was, hey, why did why did uh, what happened? Yeah, well, yeah, but I really didn't care. Okay, I, I honestly you made peace with it. I really had decided 
at a young age, you know what? My dad must be a piece of crap, uh-huh. which I was completely wrong. My I figured my mom didn't have the support, and yeah. therefore she just did the best she could. So I don't know why I gave my mom the the credit. The, yeah, the, the, the you know, moms are off well, the hook. Usually, what happens in is, my yeah. mind, I felt like you know, hey, for me, I always thought if I was in that situation, I'd take my kid and raise him myself. Yeah. So therefore, my dad failed because he didn't take me. Yeah. And so I just never wanted to meet my dad. I just wanted mm-hmm. to meet my mother mostly, but I wanted to know who my dad was. And so what I kind of poked around, but really didn't have a way to poke around. And one of my friends, his name is John Levy. Uh, he told me he was he was adopted, and he said, you know, have you ever thought about finding your parents? And mm-hmm. we talked about it. And I said, yeah, I've kind of poked around, but I've never really made an effort. Yeah. Well, his family found him. And when they found oh. him, he showed up with a card and said, "You got to call this lady. She'll find your family. She'll find your family instantly." And he was somewhat right. Because, How long ago was this? Uh, this was I was thirty, twenty years. Twenty years ago. Yeah. Late nineties. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was about almost exactly twenty years ago. It was ninety nine. Wow. Is what it was. So you're trying to find your family 19, before 19, you know Y two K. Ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah, and Y two K was supposed to be in the world, which. <laughs> I didn't care if it was because yeah. by this point I'd made peace with my, I you know the funny thing about it is I've never been scared of death in my whole life despite that I thought I would die young, I was never actually never worried about it. No, I got bit by a rattlesnake and I remember thinking while I'm sitting there and I was going through the most miserable thing in my life. I remember thinking, I'm okay at dying, but man, if they bring me back to this, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know that sounds really funny, but I yeah. wanted to tell him like, you know, this was before the DNRs and, you know, do not resuscitation. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I tell you, you I, wanted to say DNR like, yeah, yeah, but the word didn't exist back then. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean, but I would have been like, sign me up for DNR. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, you know, I'm good. I'll, I'll check out and have any kids or anything. And, oh, okay, yeah. you know, I mean, it was like, I'm good. And, uh, uh, but I mean, I almost died on that ordeal. I mean, they, they put it in the paper that I was clinging to life and possibly going to die. And what happened? I spent seven days in intensive care, heart unit. What happened? Bit by a rattlesnake. Were you, you were just here? Uh, no, I was, this was before I owned the reptile business. Uh-huh. So maybe I'm into reptiles because I got bitten by a snake. Yeah, you, you wanna, know they always you say you conquest. You bitten, your, yeah, you know they yeah. always say were you bitten by the bug? You know, yeah, or you're so, bitten by the snake. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my life is really full of kind of honestly stories that if the people weren't alive, uh huh, you wouldn't believe them. Nah. Sometimes when I tell the stories, I look and I think nobody's gonna believe it, but I can't lie. <laughs> Wait, so what happened with the the snake? Were you hiking or I was basically out snake hunting. Uh-huh. And I didn't really want rattlesnakes. You snake hunting? You mean like just out in the wild trying to get some? Yeah, I was catching gopher snakes, rat snakes. That's oh, what shit. I did my whole life. Can you? Are you allowed to do that? Absolutely. Yeah. And, really? Uh, okay. And so the guy I was with wanted to catch a couple rattlesnakes, and uh-huh. I caught. I, I mean, I literally reached in, grabbed rattlesnakes, picked them up, put them in bags. Never had a problem, right? That's On the same day, insane, right? So. We, he wanted three rattlesnakes. Uh-huh. I literally caught them all with my hands, put them in the bag, you know. So and you were not afraid of death, the I, fact that you're, like, grabbing these. But I didn't realize, to be honest, I was ignorant. Oh, you didn't know how poisonous they were? Oh, hell no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think anybody does until you I, get bit. I guess ignorance is bliss then, right? Yeah. yeah absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, I watched Old Yeller and, uh, and Lassie, and they just go home and get sick, you know? So I yeah, thought it was yeah. no big deal. And so I caught these three rattlesnakes. And then later in the day, we were done. I mean, I didn't want any rattlesnakes. They were for him. Uh-huh. And uh, I flipped over this hunk of metal, 
and me and him, and it had these ribs in it, and there was five rattlesnakes underneath it. Damn. And where was this? It just it, up at Saddleback. Okay, not far. No, and yeah. I basically looked down and I thought, oh crap! And he took off. Yeah. And I was holding the metal, and he's like, "Drop it and get out of the way!" And I'm like, "I don't want to kill all those poor little rattlesnakes." Yeah. You yeah. know. And I didn't want it. We weren't catching them. We were done. Mm-hmm. And so all the rattlesnakes crawled away, but one. And he coiled at my foot, and I took the time to flip the metal over after the other ones cleared where I was yeah. flipping the metal to. And the one, you know, stood up on its, you know, like a rattlesnake, yeah, yeah. normal little tread on me thing. Yeah, it's a, bit me right, struck at my foot, and I hit it with, I blocked it with the cell of my foot, uh-huh. and I had van tennis shoes on. Oh, so it went right through the, the same van. No, it didn't go through, but. You know how van slip-ons have the low side? They haven't yeah. changed them in 40 years, yeah, yeah. by the way. And uh, so I blocked it with the bottom of my foot. And then uh-huh. I thought, well, shit, this thing's going to pound me on my leg. I mean, so I kind of did a dance and uh-huh. couldn't get out of the way. So I went to push its head down with my foot. Okay. And rattlesnakes have a rubber face. What's that mean? Well, they have independent suspicion, sus- suspension. Okay. One, one fang can go up and the other fang can go down. It's not like a normal snake. Oh, okay. Normal snakes have kind of a fixed face. Like both fangs have to go up? Right. On a normal snake, okay. it's like a regular, like the top of your mouth. Yeah, yeah. These things have independent, like... So it can like just move one side. Right. So it moved one side up, and one fang went right up the side of the of the, uh, of the my vans, and one fang almost killed me. But it was winter. It was a, like the first day of spring kind uh-huh. of winter. And it was like loaded and it was pissed and it just dumped everything it had on that one side oh, shit. on me. And I thought, oh, I'll be fine. Just And I told my friend, ah, just take me home. No big deal. And uh, I sucked on it and spit out the blood. Take me home. Dude, what the hell? I just thought it was, I told you, ignorance is bliss, yeah, bro. Yeah. Oh, shit. So I claim I was street smart, but I wasn't snake smart as I yeah. thought I was. I mean, and uh, as we were driving home, my face started tingling and I thought, oh, Dude, I screwed up. I shouldn't have gotten that poison in my mouth. Yeah. The venom. Oh, yeah. I say poison. Sorry, everybody. But yeah, venom. venom. Yes. And uh, and I'm spitting and spitting, and I'm like, damn, my lips are tingling. Okay. I didn't know, but it was just that the it had went through my whole system. And venom is different than poison. It poison like- is ingested. Okay. So I guess if it went in my mouth, it would be. But but, poison. It, but really, it wouldn't be. You can drink. You can drink poison. You can drink venom. Oh, and it can't. won't affect you because unless you have cuts in your mouth. Got it. Because you just digest it like any other protein. But ve- but if it gets in your bloodstream, does it start to digest you, you or what is no, it? No. Well, basically, it there's two kinds. This kind there's hemotoxins okay. and neuro neurotoxins. Well, this Got one it. a neurotoxin, oh. and so my nerves were freaking out. So my face was jumping around, twitching and stuff. Yeah, and my face started getting real tight. And I was driving down. We were driving down the road, and I said, uh-huh. you know what? Maybe you better drive towards a hospital just yeah. in case. As I was like, well, you better to the hospital, <laughs> you know, and and I was deep into it. And uh, we drove about another 10, 5, 10 minutes, and I saw a big construction site, and I said, you need to pull over and call 911 because I was going to die. And then the, then the paramedics came and basically argued with me that I got bit by a rattlesnake. Is oh, you're hyperventilating. I'm like, hey, buddy. Yeah, I I'm know. so calm that you think that I'm like passed out or something. Cause I was literally the only thing I knew uh-huh. was to stay calm. And I had nerves of steel from all the fighting and having a rough life. And so I could you, just, you had good control over. Oh, I have. I mean, to this day, I can control the most Tense. insane moments in, yeah. I mean, life that, 
you know, it's almost to a flaw. I can, I can just go like dead into like, you know, almost like a battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could be being shot at and it doesn't affect me whatsoever. Really? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. And uh, so I, so anyway, I was just super calm and they kept telling me, you weren't bit. There's only one little prick in your leg. I'm like, you know, my leg's swelling up like a jumbo jet and I like, tied dude, it I off. I saw it happen. Yeah. Well, the guys told him, he goes like, you know, told the guy, hey, he's got. 60 snakes at home man don't tell us what we don't know what we're talking about yeah and they finally they put me in the paramedics car and, uh-huh. and that's when it got really interesting because i was so calm yeah that when i laid down i wanted to tone it all out okay and i told the paramedics i go and they were hooking me up to the heart monitor and all uh-huh. that and i said i'm gonna close my eyes and i'm gonna try to go to sleep and they're like what <laughs> and i go i just want to like zone the whole thing out i said i'm just gonna close my eyes and try to black out because it's just it's it's the most miserable feeling in the world yeah so it hurt a lot while this is it didn't hurt oh okay it was like imagine being plugged in electrocuted and you can't get off the wire oh it's just a stimu like like overstimulation yeah but like like all your nerves my muscles were my muscles had waves going down up and down them you could see my legs like you'd see like like somebody electrocuting you from your ankle oh they were like twitching and yeah, stuff yeah yeah oh and my face got really tight uh-huh. and the, anyway they got they got to my heart monitor on yeah and the guy's eyes got about you know golf ball size and said uh don't do anything and i thought somebody actually noticed that i'm dying <laughs> <laughs> and we got to the we got to the mm-hmm. to the hospital and they opened the door and i can't remember the number but i thought he said it was stage four and uh, he's like, oh, my God, it's stage four. You know, order all Stage the, four what? What is it? Like, I don't know. No, whatever. Stage four of getting bit. Whatever. Yeah. And he goes, we, you know, and, he, and I heard him say, get all the antivenom they can locally. Get, you know, 20 vials if you can get it. Yeah. And uh, I thought, huh, this guy actually knows I'm, you know. Gonna later die. I found out I was one stage away from cardiac arrest and dying. Which I knew because, I mean, I knew because I was in my body. And, uh, you could tr- feel it. Oh, the, it was such a trip because talking about hallucinogenic, it made time stop for hours. Really? So you felt like no, like I literally like they they stuck some underneath my arm, and I without any exaggeration, they said, "Okay, we got to do a five minute test." Uh huh. I watched a second hand for an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then that- when that second hand got to that five minute. Uh-huh. That I I started. Hey, I passed the test. Let's do this. Hey, hey, yeah, like yeah, yeah. get the shit in me. You know yeah. what I mean. And uh, the funny part is, I would have walked out of there that day. Uh-huh. They gave me they gave me one vial, mm-hmm. and I was fifty percent back. Okay, in one vial, and the the doctor was busy with another emergency and told the lady, uh, "Give him ten vials." Well, she spent like thirty minutes mixing ten vials, and I and I felt it. I felt it coming back, and I started telling, "Ma'am, give me one of those. I, I need it. It's coming back." She's like, "Just, I got this," and she kept arguing with me, and I was oh, like, shit. "Yeah." And then the doctor, then I went to like, literally, the doctor showed back up, and I'm like, "You know," I t- he goes, "What's right?" Because he told me when I showed up, he goes, "If you stay calm," he says, "and and tell me everything that's going on. I promise you, I'll tell you everything that's going on." Yeah. And so when he walked back up, and he goes, "Why? You, what's wrong?" And I go. She won't give me another vial, and I'm like, I'm back to worse than I was. And he says, 
nurse, give him the vial. And she says, I'm almost done with the 10th, ba- 10th vial, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it was like literally like 30 minutes. And uh, when they started giving it to me again, I, I my heart almost stopped. I started throwing up. Felt, I started yeah. seizing. Shit. It was just, it was, and that's when I thought, if you freaking people bring me back to this. I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was bad. I mean, it was really so you were bad. like 30. You didn't have. No, I was only, t- I was only uh, 23. You didn't have a family. You didn't 22. have a wife No, I was, or en- I was engaged. You're engaged. Okay. So you were yeah. worried about. I was engaged, but I was yeah. like, hmm, big deal. Yeah. I was just like, you know. She'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a. She'll be fine, you yeah. know. And it was funny because she took off like three days after I got out of the hospital too, uh-huh. on a trip, and all. I was freaking out. I was like, you know, because I because when I got out of the hospital, talking about a story, when I got out of the hospital, they rolled me out to the front, and they go, "I think it's time we give you this." Mm-hmm. And it was a paper that I've watched them take out and read all the stuff that I heard. Okay, but they didn't read the part that this part. Okay, and it's and it's called serum sickness because back then it wasn't profab. It was, it was called uh, horse serum because they injected horses, okay. and then pulled the pulled the antibodies out of the horse and then gave you the horse serum. So it was literally the antibodies from horse that were made. That's what antivenom is. Correct. Oh, and but now they make it a different way. They now they have it basically turned into a. And synthetic. Like a science that can just make it. Yeah. So before they would inject horses with, they would have a, a, Correct. a horse get bit by a rattlesnake Correct. basically. And then they would use the antibodies from the horse. Correct. Because the horse could fight it off and they would. Holy shit. No, it was bad stuff. And That's so, horrible. And so they hand me this paper, you know, and I knew everything it said except the part where it said you have a one in XYZ chance of being a quadriplegic. Uh-huh. You have an XYZ chance of being a you know, uh, paraplegic. Yeah, yeah. You can have this happen. You can get polio. I mean, it had like just a list of problems. Yeah. And it said it takes 21 days to find out. Oh, shit. And and so here I am. And then and then the number one symptom. You ready for this? Huh. Itching. <laughs> and no lie, my leg had swollen up so big. Yeah. They measured it every single hour for oh. two days straight. And they said it came within one inch where they were going to cut my leg seven, six or seven incisions. So it would drain? So it wouldn't blow up. Oh, dude. Now they don't do it. They've learned now that they just leave it alone. But they thought back then, you know, like, oh, my God, it's going to pop like a grape. And maybe maybe they do sometimes. But they probably now have drugs to prevent that from happening. That's insane. But, yeah, no, and I was so close to them doing that. It was incredible. And at one point they told me. You know, I remember I told you the doctor would be square with me. Mm-hmm. I told him, I go, okay. He goes, he goes, well, I don't know where you're going to be at. And he go, okay, well, tell me what's going to happen. He goes, well, you're going to lose some, you're going to lose part of your foot. And I said, what does that look like? <laughs> and he goes, well, you're just going to lose part of your foot. I said, you're not answering my question. Yeah, yeah. I said, so what are you going to do? Are you going to take me in surgery and, you know, cut off the dead flesh? Or, I mean, what's the plan? And he says, well, actually, we let it rot off. No. And he says, we just scrape it. Oh, oh I, since then I found out there is no lie about all this. That's real? You Google, Google snake bites and you will see what happens. They, it, they just, literally, it just dies back. They put you on antibiotics and it just, you'll see people with their fingers of bone sticking out and it just dies back until it gets to, and it ends. And then in the, the all the ne- necrotic tissue uh-huh. rots off, falls off, and then they deal with what's left. Holy and usually shit. it just, you know, heals over and off you go. And, uh, so I just kept, you know, so he finally told me that and I was like, great. And, Can't uh, wait. and you know, and so, 
call it what you want. That mm-hmm. was one of my first, uh, as far as I'm concerned, one of my first for sure, actually my second for sure miracle. But uh, I had a bunch of friends from church come in and they prayed for my foot. Uh-huh. I didn't lose an ounce of skin. And that doctor was like, what the heck? Yeah. But when I left, my leg was purple, black, and blue and had gotten so big, uh-huh. my foot looked like Mickey Mouse balloon. Like because, that. Yeah, because all my toes, you, all your toes have extra extra skin. Yeah, yeah. So they bl- so it allows more. It blew up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The extra skin meant extra extra big because it had yeah. twice as much skin to to blow up. Yeah, yeah. And it was just the most hideous thing you ever Ugh, seen. And so when I got home, I spent twenty one days just sh- sh- my leg shedding, you know, and yeah. itching, and my brain was just freaking out, you know. Uh-huh. Oh my god, I'm gonna be a quadriplegic, I'm gonna be a paraplegic. My girlfriend left on a trip. I was yeah. just like, oh, this is just the most miserable thing in the world. This is at 23. Yeah. And you're telling me I was after, actually 22. You're telling me after all that bullshit, you still were like, I want to spend my life with snakes? <laughs> Don't ask me what happened. Jeez. And that was the second miracle, you said. Yeah. The, the first one is I actually, well, before I'd gotten bit, I'd gotten bit, no bit. Uh-huh. I'd gotten appendicitis. Ah. And I was such a stubborn so Uncle Louie yeah. has one arm. Okay. Of course so, he does. <laughs> of course Uncle Louie has one arm. So Uncle Louie yeah. is an animal too, right? Yeah. So he kept, so I, I had this appendicitis and he's like, you know, suck it up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, you know, I was a pretty tough kid. Yeah. So for me, suck it up meant suck it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And uh, how old's Uncle Louie? Uncle Louie is now still alive. He yeah. has uh, had a stroke. He's doing better now. He's 92. And he was just friends with. He was your- just friends. He was just a friend. And, and basically, he lived with his mother, never got married. But you were. But this dude's 40 years older than you, and you were just friends with him? What? He lived with his mother. Yeah. And you, so you were like 12 and chilling with a I guy. I was 14. That's, and chilling with a guy that was like 46? I, I didn't really chill with him. He was. Yeah. So he had. A, so remember, he's Uncle Louie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had so many nephews. Everybody called him Uncle Louie. Ah, okay. So I was friends with one of his nephews. And his ne- when I lived in Tustin, I would come down and stay yeah. like one day a, every four months mm-hmm. down at the beach to go fishing on the pier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's uh, how you met him. Okay, cool. Yeah. So. So anyway, so you had appendicitis. Uncle so Louis I had appendicitis. Like, Uncle Louis like suck it up, and so uh-huh. basically, I my appendix bursted, and uh, and the crazy part was about two years prior, I had it. I had it before when uh-huh. I sucked it up. Yeah, and it had burst, and I didn't know it. Yeah, and I went to, I I, I went to I'd thrown up for three days in a row. God, and I and at, like literally every every. 10 to 30 minutes depending on when it was you didn't go to the hospital i was freaking ignorant damn i I was just like ignorant it's like i just honestly i didn't have nobody take care of me yeah you're right i I never have i never did i mean i never had anybody take care of me in my even when i was when my dad well my mom obviously probably did but my dad he was a single dad we were dirt poor Uh you know i did whatever i wanted to do because i was stubborn and mean and i I would fight him and yeah so he was just kind of like I'm just Let gonna, you do whatever. Yeah, he okay. did. He so did. You were he like did an his, obstinate guy. I was very yeah. much so. I mean, it's to an embarrassing level, and uh, so basically, Uncle Louie, his attitude was kind of like, "Well, shit, you know, you're 14 and a half. You're a young man, mm-hmm. you know." So I just moved in with him literally and just paid rent. The, the rent was funny because it was uh, 
it was a hundred and sixty dollars a month for the for the apartment at Newport yeah. Beach. So we split the rent three ways. Nice, because <laughs> I was because his mother lived in one room. Yeah, I had a little closet I lived in that we converted into room, and he lived in the like the living room area. And uh, anyway, the man is like literally like an angel. Yeah, <laughs> how'd you survive the second appendicitis? So so what ended up happening? So I the pen, so I had the appendicitis. Didn't have a clue it was appendicitis. Okay, totally ignored it. I felt a little bit better, and one night I thought, man, it's Wednesday night. I want to go to church. I got to church, and I was dying. And uh, everybody came out to the car, prayed for me, and I drove home immediately and laid down in bed. And what I honestly is a miracle. I'd never, I, you know. And they woke up. The next day, no, I'm serious. So the next day I woke up, and I was perfect, except my. it felt like I did 40,000 sit-ups. Oh, you were super my, sore. My abs were just done from three days of puking. Uh-huh. And so after the ab thing, I was fine. And well, so then two years later. Yeah. So two years later, I get this appendicitis again. They had no clue it was appendicitis. Okay. Uh, my girlfriend at the time uh, basically said, you're going to the hospital because she was normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smart, She's I like, think, is the word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, you're going to the hospital. I go, I'm not going to the freaking hospital. I'll be fine. She's like, yeah. You just told me you threw up all night and all day. I'm like, you're going to the hospital. And I said, I'll be fine as I threw up again. Uh-huh. You know? She says, no, you're not going to be fine. She says, I got s- simple option. She says, you stand up, you go down to my car, you get in it, or I walk out that door and you're uh-huh. never going to see me again. <laughs> that simple. Because I'm not going to live like this, you know? Yeah. So I got in the car, drove, took me to the hospital, had my penis out, appendix out about Four hours later, yeah, and the doctor was like, "I don't know how to even describe this. I've been a doctor for a long time. This your appendix had sc- big, giant, half-inch scars in it, and it had burst at it sometime in your past, and it healed, and that don't happen. Jesus. So, call it what you want. <laughs> Damn, man, that's physical proof. I'm, Damn. I'm you, know, you know, it's really sucks. I was young, yeah, because I would have really loved to have my appendix." And back then, you could just say, oh, can I have my appendix? Oh, you can have the actual organ? Oh, if you ask for it, you can keep it. What? Back then, you could. I mean, I don't know about now. They just throw it in a jar and oh, cap it shut. But of course tell me you that would like would, it. Yeah, cool, it would be, it would be cool to have the scars on that it. That yeah, would yeah, be yeah, pretty yeah. dang and, cool. And the people would be like, oh, yeah, you're lying. Then you'd be like, nah, check out my appendix. I got it right here in my back pocket. Yeah, and I mean, show it to <laughs> <him>. <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. So that was like my first time where I was like, damn, this stuff's real, you know? Yeah. And so I've had a lot of things in my life that there's no way to explain it. Uh-huh. And so for me to say living the miracle is a nice way to say living the dream. Living yeah. the dream is yeah. is like I see stuff that happens that never it is should a dream happen. For you. Right. Yeah. It, it it should never happen. I want to I want to get back to um, you finding your parents. Right. Because I think that so how did so you said you were like in your 30s. Yeah. So I so basically this woman you know I uh-huh. pick up the phone I call her up and she says uh, yeah I can find them no problem. Uh, all I need is a copy of your birth certificate and get it to me. I'm like, yeah, no, no problem. And I go, how much is going to cost? She goes, oh, how does 350 sound? 350 bucks. Yeah. At this point, I'm not, I'm not doing too bad financially at this yeah. point in my life. I'm like, you were fishing. Great. You got something. No, this yeah. now, After the now, fishing, yeah. now I have two kids. Okay. And, and, uh, if I remember right, uh, I think my wife has just gotten pregnant. Got it. For the and, third one. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our business was doing great. 
Okay. It was this one. Yeah. It yeah, was, yeah. You know, I wasn't this big, but got it. I still, at the end of the day, I was, you know, for you're making profit. Yeah. I was making enough money to where, you know, we were living good. We cool. weren't, you know, we weren't rich by any stretch of the imagination. But you were, yeah, comfortable. And, and from my background, I just never could save and I still don't save any money. Really? No, I just, I think I just, it's a long another story. But anyway, so, so basically, uh, I tell her, great. Uh, she goes, just mail me a check. I'll get you the information. Okay. Next day she calls me up. Yeah, I got your mother. I got your mother's name and, and, uh, I got a list of addresses and, and, uh, how would you like to send it to me? Send it to you. Well, a fax machine. That's the only thing they had practically back then. Oh yeah. I mean, this, <laughs> I mean it, they had email, but it was like, you know, it was just coming out of DOSC and what about letters? Yeah. Well, yeah. I wasn't going to wait for that. Right. Oh uh, yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still Jay Brewer, the guy that wants everything like, you know, microwave, yeah. like every other human on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Except somehow in my life, it was microwave life. And, mm-hmm. and so she's faxed it over. I looked at the information and, and, uh, I started calling around and, and everything was a dead end. Okay. Just no way to find her. And she had social security numbers. She had all the, everything. It's kind of crazy. She's able to find all that. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's not that hard. I, I kind of know how to do it. These knew it, do it now. But so anyway, uh, she called when she did, I'd be like, I haven't mailed you a check. And she goes, Oh, that's fine. Well, yeah. mail, me, mail me a check. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes, and she goes, let me, you know, how do you want your information? So she sent it to me. So I basically spent the next six months thinking, dang, I'm so close, but so far. Uh-huh. One of my employees was a uh, a private investigator, and he's like, "Well, I can go look at the third oldest address and mm-hmm. see if any neighbors know him." Or so he drove up to Sacramento, and it was literally a white field. So they bulldozed wherever she yeah. lived, and uh, so I was a complete dead stop and uh, at looking for my parents, and kind of got back burner. And one day, one of my customers walked in the door, and, and he needed some help, and I fixed whatever it was, and. And uh, I always ask my customers, hey, what do you do uh, for a living? Yeah. I really like people. And I've learned that if people like you, yeah, you you know, everybody always needs something. I mean, for sure. And it's never a bad thing to help somebody. So I would yeah. always ask them what they do just in case I needed help. Mm-hmm. And they always wanted reptiles or something. So it was like it was never hard to do each other a favor. Yeah. And uh, and they, he said, uh, oh, I'm a skip tracer. And I thought, what is a skip tracer? And he goes, well. When people bounce on their credit cards, you didn't use yeah. that word because that word wasn't created, but uh-huh. when they don't pay their credit cards, I find you. Uh-huh. And if they buy a car and I find you and I go, really? I go, what do you think about helping me out with something? And he goes, well, what? And I go, well, and I start telling my, my, I wanted to find my mother. Yeah. He flips out. He just yeah. like goes off the hook. I mean, just like literally like nice guy in the world turned into like, whoa, dude, like. Did I hit a nerve? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and He's yeah. like, no, I would never help anybody because, you know, if she wanted to find you, she'd find you. And and she's, he went off and I'm like, Whoa. that's cool. I'm sorry, you know? Yeah. And then he walks away and he turns back around and he says, you know, you're probably one of the nicest guys I ever met. And he said, I don't, I don't feel right about what I just did. He goes, if you were to, if you were to, if I, to find your mother, uh-huh. would you promise me that if she wants nothing to do with you, would you walk away? And I said, I said, absolutely. But I said, but if I have a brother or a sister, I'm going to yeah. go through the pecking chain and anybody that doesn't want to, you know, know me, I'm good. 
But I want to. Yeah. yeah. But I want to go through and find out as much as I can find out. And he goes, I'm okay with that. Long as you're not, long as you just let it be. If it's, you know. Uh-huh. So uh, he says, I'll call you in an hour. I go, what? He goes, I'll call you in an hour. He calls me in an hour. He says to me, you're not going to believe this. And I go, what? He goes, you know, all the information you had. Mm-hmm. He says, that's all I could find. But today there was a new update on, on there. And if you would have had me look one day ago, you wouldn't have found it. I wouldn't have found anything, but what you had, the lady did a great job. Mm-hmm. He says, but she applied for a car today, yesterday or yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And here's her current address. And I was like, Oh crap. Uh-huh. And I, and I, so I, I told, so I went and told my wife, I'm, I'm going to go, you know, tomorrow morning, I'm going to go find, I'm going to drive in five hours and I'm going to go, yeah. I'm going to go see this woman that's supposed to be my mom. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, you get ready for a crazy story. You're about ready to hear it. So <laughs> my wife says to me, I ain't going. Uh huh. And for me having all these abandonment issues. Yeah. I couldn't hardly cross the street without my girlfriend, my wife, whoever it was really? at that moment. You know, I really didn't. I, I just dependent, like so dependent. Were on you them. aware of that and mm, you just accepted it or, or was it just, no, I just, just thought, like, it was, I, need, I thought, yeah. I just thought that's the way life was supposed to be. You know, oh, okay. you, you get married, you are like closer Inseparable. than, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just, that was my dream in my mind. Yeah. That was my mindset. I didn't think independence. I didn't think mm-hmm. individuality, you know? And anyway, so she's like, I ain't going. And I'm like, and for the first time in my life, I don't, I don't care. I'm going. It Jeez. was like, I have to go. I just, yeah. I couldn't explain the urgency of going. And considering my independence in so many other ways, mm-hmm. it was really strange for me to, to do this because at the end of, cause it also always accompanied somebody with me. It just was, it's yeah. just, I, I was like a leader. So if I want to go do something that shouldn't be done, I'd uh-huh. go get somebody to do it with me. You know, or something that's never been done, I'd go get somebody to do it with me. It's just the way I was. I I would, I was always a leader, but I would, if I was going to go try something that was almost impossible, I'd find somebody else to do it with me. Okay. And so this wasn't going to happen. And so I went home, I went home and I called up Uncle Louie and told him, Hey, I'm going to, I found my mother. I'm going to go. He's like, You shouldn't go. And I'm like, What the hell's going on? Nobody wants me to do this. And I was like, I got to go. So I, so I mean, I would have always listened to him and, and, you know, taking it to heart, but this time I was like, I don't care. I'm going. He didn't yeah. want me to go because he thought I was going to get hurt. Yeah, yeah. So that night I get home from work. You know, I said, well, I'm taking the kids because I don't want, I, I'm coming, going to some woman in the mountains and I'm knocking her door at eight o'clock in the morning because I'm, if she does go to church, mm-hmm. I want to make sure I catch her before she leaves. Okay. You know, and, you know, it's, I thought she was a single woman living in a house, you know? Yeah. So I get up. So I, so I, Right before I go to bed, my wife says, well, I've decided that I just can't let you go alone. So we pack up, you know, like four in the morning, jump in a car. I drive up to this place called Coarse Gold, pull up to the address. It mm-hmm. starts snowing. First snow of the year. Got this little sheet. I'm waiting for the, I'm watching the door like, you know, 15 minutes before eight thinking, you know, nobody goes to church at 745. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I'm going to wait. But I mean, I'm here 15 minutes early to make sure nobody leaves. Uh-huh. And uh, like so you're like scoping out your mom's house. Yeah, I was, and I because I was like, I really wanted to, you know, I really wanted to, to find out. 
I didn't want to write a letter. I didn't yeah, wanna, you wanted to do it per, in person. I just, you know, and I knew it was good. And so I tell my wife, hey, I got an idea. Why don't you and the kids, because I had two kids, mm-hmm. I go, why don't you just walk to the front door, knock on the door. No woman's going to freak out with a woman with two, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. with an infant in one arm and a, exactly. and a toddler at her side, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, pretty unintimidating. Definitely. You know, so she knocks on the door, she goes in. I parked a ways away out of respect because uh-huh. I don't want anybody thinking I was stalking exactly, them. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, Case uh, in the joint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, because, and so like five minutes goes, five minutes goes by and they're not waving me and I'm like going, that's it. They're, they've had plenty of time Yeah. that I'm going to knock on that dang door. I get out of the car, knock on the door. They're having a like a there's like a miniature little party going on in the front room. There's like there's like my wife, uh-huh. my kids, uh, at least two adults, two okay. and 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 I, I walk in and and uh, just as I get there, this lady says, "Oh, uh, sh- Catherine will be coming in one second. Her husband walks out, so now I've got this little." crew you know yeah and uh she introduces me this young man seems to think he's your son and my mother says well of course he's my son and i'm just like going okay what's going on here this is really getting weird Uh because there's no way in god's earth she could know i'm her son from some guy knocking on your door and saying i'm your son it's not maybe her looking at you no that's not what happened so so she looks at the lady that, you know, I forget her name. I can't, Susan, or I can't remember it for some reason. But she looks at her and says, uh, well, you know. My mom looks at her, well, you know. And she goes, yeah, I know. And I'm like, and so I'm like, am I missing something here? I mean, because I'm like, I'm like, I got all the paperwork to prove she's my mother. Yeah. I came to prove to her I was her son. Yeah. And she says, well, a few months ago, I was going to go look for my, look for you. And at church, a lady walked up to me, which she didn't even know what was going, that I was even going to do it, and uh-huh. told me, don't look for your son, you, you, and basically told her, don't look for your son, you'll come to your doorstep. And I was just like, what the heck's going on? So literally, she had been told just a few weeks prior that I would show up on show her doorstep. Up, yeah. And so she had no issue. She's like, you're my son. And I started, the weird part about it is, I started drilling her. Uh-huh. I'm like, when was I born? She goes, uh, if I remember right, Labor Day. And I was, my birthday was on Labor Day, okay. you know? And here's where it gets really trippy. Yeah. So I start talking to her and I'm looking at her going, you look familiar. Now, you ready for this? So when I was a fisherman, uh-huh. when I was about 16, actually I was 19 to be exact. So when I was 18 or 19, I had a business partner, okay. one of Uncle Louis' nephews. Mm-hmm. He had his own business. I had my own business. And by this point, I was doing really good financially. And he was married. I wasn't married. I had a lot of money because I wasn't married. He had no money because yeah. he was married. But anyway, he had this girl stay with him one summer. That girl was my sister. He was dating her? Or no. She f- was just working. She had just became friends okay. and stayed in his house for the summer. And I was sitting there working next to my sister. 
Also, like just at the dock all summer long? For like two months out of three. And Damn. so here's the weirder part. So my mother, I never met my mother then. Yeah. Well, my mother was feeding homeless people and I'd seen her feeding homeless people. Mm-hmm. So when I'm sitting there after I met her, we went out to lunch and I go, did you used to feed homeless people? And she goes, how did you know that? And I said, did you used to drive a Mercedes? And she looked at me like, how did you know that? Yeah. And I go, you brought me a burrito one time when I was like 17 years old. You brought it. The wind was blowing. Mm-hmm. And and I said, and it was super stormy. There was no homeless people. And you came down the beach and I was a fisherman. And you said, here's these burritos I made for homeless people. And they're not here. Do you think some of the fishermen would like to have these? Do you want to have these burritos? And hand them to me. So my mother had fed me one time when I was freaking crazy. Did stuff. you, when that happened, have any inclination like, oh, this you know, person here, looks? So here's the strange part. Yeah, I had zero inclination. Yeah, but in the same period, I distinctly remember somewhere within a year of that. Yeah, I distinctly remember telling God, and I know that might freak people out, but I remember yeah. telling God, "Hey, uh-huh. you know what, God." Even if I don't know who my family is, yeah. I would love to meet one of them. And somewhere about and that, I can't say that I know because I don't. Yeah. I just remember distinctly praying having that, that yeah. having that thought over and over for like a six month period, uh-huh. walking through, you know, when if I remember right, Costco was just being made about that time. I should look that up to see how old I was. Yeah. I might be wrong. I think Costco was a little bit later, but I remember going to big places and and looking at the crowd and thinking, you know, and, and friends telling me, hey, you look like so-and-so and thinking, I wonder if they're my relative, you know, uh, and I, yeah. that's where I got the feeling like, hey, God, I'd like to meet my relative, even if I don't know. Don't who know they who they are. Yeah. And to think that I was working for two months. With your sister. Yeah. Well, you hear something even funnier. She had a crush on me. No, that's. <laughs> she freaks when I tell the story. Oh, that's crazy. But you know what? At the end of the day, she was gorgeous woman. I, I was, mean, hey, it didn't happen. I was so. a good looking guy. <laughs> yeah. But the thing that saved the world in my mind and her uh-huh. mind was this simple fact. She was like 17. Yeah. I was like 19. Yeah. So, and I wanted to be married uh-huh. like yesterday yeah. because I had no family. And so I just kept her at arm's length. Yeah. You were like, I need, I need a, I need somebody, I need, I need somebody 18. With. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I and mean, number I, one, someone 18 because it's legal, but yeah. also number two, I want to get married. I want to get married yesterday because I just, my whole, I mean, Needed, I wanted, like you married. said, you needed someone. You like oh, you I, felt like wanted, off when you weren't with someone. Yeah. My daughter, when she was born, uh-huh. I nicknamed her First Blood because she was yeah. the first living relative that I'd ever seen in my mind. So I nicknamed oh. her. So we always had this little First Blood thing. Yeah, yeah. You know. And I remember when we found my family, she said, yeah. "Do I get to still keep my status?" <laughs> she was still really yeah, young. Still first, I'm yeah. like, "You're still First Blood." Still First Blood. <laughs> Holy crap! But so uh, how many insane. how many brothers and sisters do you have? Uh, I ha- so I have uh, my father has a brother has excuse me my father ha- I have one brother from my brother uh, uh-huh, father, father and I have a sister from my father uh-huh. and then I have more twist yeah my mother had adopted out before me a sister oh another sister was out there and that was part of the whole story on how I got adopted out because it was such a horrible experience that when she got pregnant with me she freaked out because she would just you know, she like already had us. your sister. Yeah. And, adopted and out she and went to her, the, the father and said, Hey, I'm pregnant. And the father basically just ran around the school in high school and uh-huh. said, 
that little slut, she slept with everybody and now she's trying to pin this on me. What a Got joke. It. Just ruined her mentally. Yeah. And so Oh, this is this is your your sister's my mother. Yeah, this is your sister's this is my, dad. This is right. Your sister's dad was the one that ran around, right. not your father. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. uh so it made my mother it was horrible back then because uh-huh. this was, you know, decades ago. Yeah, this is like I mean yeah, I mean to get pregnant without being yeah. married, it was a, it was the sixties. Yeah, so and to get and to get pregnant out of wedlock was just worse than horrible, you know. Yeah. And uh, so they had these Catholic places that you'd go and deliver the baby, and they would adopt it out. So she went and did that. Well, it was such a horrible experience that when she got pregnant with my father, mm-hmm. she just ran. She never said or told him anything. She didn't tell your dad. No. So when Wait, she so told your dad me, didn't know that. No. So when she told me this. The first time in my life, I felt like I was completely blindsided because in my life, I'd always coped with things by going worst case scenario, best case scenario. So my whole life, I was a dreamer. Yeah. Always a dreamer. But I always, while I dreamed, Uh I always understood the counter. You know, I was the kind of guy that if I rode motorcycles, I'd be like, well, I could jump, but I could die. And if I did make the jump... It ain't worth the dying. Yeah, it weren't dying. Yeah. So I balanced everything in a budget and did, I lived my life very controlled. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, the guy that I never wanted to meet was this hero. I mean, this guy that didn't like, get a yeah, chance. Didn't, yeah, didn't my, even know. my mom tells me he was a really nice guy, but I didn't want to embarrass his family. And so another guy, which was my other sister, the sister that <clears throat> I almost yeah. hated. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's kind of funny, actually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it didn't happen. So but, uh, it's all good. It is all good. Thank God. I don't know yeah. how it didn't happen, but Jeez, it didn't. Yeah. But uh, her father saw an opportunity and said, hey, you know what? I'll marry you, and uh, we'll just we'll just run off, get married. Nobody will ever know that it isn't my child, and we'll live happily ever after, and you know, nobody needs to know. So- Okay. So, so literally, my father even told me later. He goes, "Oh, she walked up to the front, and they were engaged." My father, weird enough. This but is your father and your my mother, my real father and your real mother were engaged. Yeah, but he didn't know that she was pregnant. No, because because what I'm telling you, what she did is she found out she was pregnant. Okay, freaked out. So like, okay, you know, yeah, exactly. Thirty then, days or less, right? Yeah. Like, and then oh my god, left him or yeah, it didn't. Literally, they back then they used to do these big dances. Uh-huh. So he just walked. She just he says that she just walked up, left the guy at the door, which was your dad, right? Not yeah. my dad. Oh. My dad was dancing. Okay, and so he walked in and said, "It's not working out between us." Pulled the ring off, gave it to him, walked back out, left with the guy. And my oh, dad, your dad was in the. Yeah, my dad was like, "Well, hell, I'm I'm independent. I'm I can you know I don't need. I'll the, figure it out. Yeah. I, don't, I don't need her. Right. Yeah. I mean, if she doesn't want me. I'm sure not going to chase her. You know what I mean? Jeez. And so she literally left town that day. So my dad never had a clue. Holy shit! A matter shit, of fact, man. it took my dad a few years to believe the story that you were his son. No, oh. no, that that that's a whole other story. That's yeah. I ain't kidding. These stories go on unbelievable. What happened was is the. Uh, when my when I found my dad and uh-huh. I told him, I told him when my mom knew she was she's like she didn't know she's pregnant she just went for the other guy, and I'm like no she knew she was pregnant he was like he didn't believe it no oh, he just he, thought she left him yeah, yeah. she just like no she's just saying that yeah you know? just to make herself I'm like so it took her a while, him a while uh-huh. to figure out they didn't meet they didn't meet until my fiftieth birthday and then finally yeah damn. 
kind of crazy. Holy crap. Yeah. How long after meeting your mom did you meet your dad? So it, so that was a whole nother era because yeah. my mother had, and so the point was my, when I met my mother that morning, mm-hmm. after I figured out who she was, I always knew she had a, a little bit of a mental depression issue. Okay. And so I knew she wasn't like completely there. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say that because she's a hundred percent normal, but it was guilt from adopting out two kids. Yeah. And it took her years to get over it. And she's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, but I knew when I asked her that when I was born, she Mm -hmm. could have never, should have never been able to answer that question, but I didn't know it then, but I knew it later. And so that was, was like kind of a shocker when I look back at him, like, wow, that was just like meant to be the whole thing. Well, so my father, when I went to go look for my father, Mm-hmm. she had sealed a lot of the that passed out. So she's like, well, he worked at, he had this company in, in this city. And so I went down, went to the city, went to the library, went to 1963. Yeah. Looked, found the only company that was there. Luckily mm-hmm. followed it every year, disappeared, went back a year, opened up the thing, found yeah. out they moved, you know, followed another 20 years. Yeah. Boom. Found out they moved again. And uh, there was two partners. And so I told her, and she remembered the names, but she didn't know which was which just because in her mind she had forgotten. She blocked it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she just blocked like it out. I mean, 30 yeah, I mean, more years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of something she didn't really want to remember. Yeah. You know, and because uh, it was just a lot of. So anyway, so it came down to a day of searching, and I was like looking at this phone number, and I was mm-hmm. like, crap, he still owns the company. Yeah. It's down the street. So oh, I, from here? From from no, from oh. where I was hunting. I was in. Oh, okay. I knew that. I mean, where I would the place that I was hunting him at yeah. was where he was at. Well, okay. He moved businesses two or three times, changed the name of the business. Yeah. But at the end of the day, his name was there, the company was there, and it was only twenty minutes away. And I thought, damn, I'm getting in the car. I drive over there. I look on the wall, and there's a picture of this guy, and I'm like. That's my dad. Looks a lot like me. Yeah. And uh, he's got like two snakes in his hands. Yeah. No, no snake. Matter of fact, he hated snakes, but yeah. now he's like tolerated them and will hold them. But, and uh, the funny part was, is he wouldn't, he didn't want to meet with me. Really? And his, his uh, well, they didn't, I don't even think they were going to tell him for a while. Okay. And because, I mean, he, he is a millionaire, had a huge company. And, uh, it was quite a trial for me because the first time in my life I was being blocked and I was so mad at my father because I thought, this guy can't be my dad. This is wrong. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had no proof, you know, and I'm thinking this guy, this guy has no spine. He's just yeah. spineless. He won't even meet with me, you know, and his secretary kept blocking me at the door and I couldn't get in. And uh, I took my wife in there one time and she like almost ran us out and showed her the picture and he's, my wife's like, yeah, I think that's your dad, you know? And I'm like, I just, so I, so I just told him, I, so I went back, I figured one of these times that lady's not going to be here. Well, I went back, I always try to hit it around lunchtime, figuring, well, she's there at one that day, I'll go at two the next day and I'll try 11 the next day, you know? And I, I mean, I didn't do it day to day, I did it like a week apart Yeah. and she was gone, but this other lady that I knew was watching that looked interested in the story, she came up and said hey i saw you and i'm like yeah i'm like and i basically told her i'm gonna meet my dad on my terms or we can meet him on his terms Mm -hmm. i says i promise you i'm 34 years old 
if he wants nothing to do with me, I'll be the cheapest son he's ever had in his life. Yeah. I, all I want to know is if he's my dad, that's it. But I ain't going to leave until I know because if he ain't my dad and my dad dies six months from now and I don't meet him because I assumed yeah. anything, I'm going to be really pissed at myself. Yeah. So I said, I, I got to meet him. And she was like, okay, I'll get him the message. And I knew, I thought she would. So I went straight to the library and found out he's married. I have a brother. I have a sister. I mean, I had just like, yeah, he was divorced, excuse me, uh-huh. and remarried. And so I had like, well, ex-wife will tell me everything. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I just, I mean, yeah. my brother or my sister, I'm, I'm going in, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I came out of the library and I had a message on my phone and said, uh, hi, this is Leonard Vela. Uh-huh. And he says, uh, you know, I, I can meet with you tomorrow if it's okay and and give me a call. So yeah. I call him up and I'm thinking, okay, well, he stepped up to the plate. Yeah. So my anger anger re- yeah, reduced started, a lot, yeah. you know. And I said and I said, okay, now it's time to be me, you know. Uh-huh. If he doesn't want nothing to do with me, I'm okay. And uh, so he told me on the phone uh, about 7:30 at Denny's, and he says, but whatever you do, don't bring your wife or your kids. Just leave them out in the car. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I guess I can get a hint, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I guess I'm going to get the big finger, you know? Yeah. But I'm going to at least find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I was like feeling half okay because I was really getting angry uh-huh. in my own internal self, you know? Probably that, you know, I probably never dealt with any emotion like that. So the next day, and so that night I had a chance to build my my lifestyle, right? Remember I mm-hmm. told you I dream big and yeah. I like hunting and fishing. Okay. Well, when I met my mom's side, I found all my fishermen. Got the it. majority of my fishermen. Found out my grandpa on my other side could hunt, could fish with anybody and outfish everybody his whole life, which yeah. he was passed away. But so I so I went to go meet my dad and I was like, "Well, they must hunt because nobody on my other side hunts." Mm-hmm. And I was the guy that started out this whole journey with not believing that genetics are that strong. Yeah. I used to be like, "You decide who you're going to be." Got you it. know like don't tell me you're an alcoholic because it runs in your family. Yeah, it's your choice. Well, I'll just tell you. Genetics are so powerful, it's frightening. Yeah. Doesn't I mean, mean you have to give in to them. But they're... They, but, they're but somebody that comes from that background is going to have to not... It's going to be a battle for them. It's yeah. Just, but I got... You can know that, but yeah, I it's going to be hard, there. I got hard, hard educated. Yeah. Hard educated. So when I met my dad... So before I met my dad, I told my my wife, I said, well, maybe... You know, maybe he likes to hunt, and uh, I love hunting, and maybe I can hunt with him one day. And I, my brother, like to hunt, and mm-hmm. and this will be really cool. And I have a brother, and we can all go hunting together because I never found my hunting gene because I'd already, yeah. I'd been, I'd spent like at least it was like five months before I found him because it yeah. was a really tough time. And uh, he walks in this Denny's, and he reaches out, and I go. And he goes, you must be Jay. And I go, yeah, nice meeting you, Leonard. And he goes, he looks at me, he goes, you're my son. I don't know how you're going to have to explain me. You're my son. <laughs> and then he, then he, then I almost fell over. He goes, I'm really sorry I'd have met with you sooner, but I'm a hunting fool. I've been gone in Mexico for two weeks. <laughs> and I almost hit the ground. I was just like, what the hell? Damn. You know what I mean? Yeah. We start talking. I had a black, I had a, a black lab my brother had a black lab yeah my dad had a black lab now here's where it gets even more crazy uh-huh. i shoot an odd rifle it's called a 338 
Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. Okay, it's a yeah. 338 Winchester mag. Yeah. I guarantee you, nobody in Southern California, it's a one in a thousand gun if it's even a one in 10,000 gun. How come you shoot that one? I don't know. You just liked it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I go hunt with my dad and my brother. He shoots a 338 Ultra Mag. I mean, a Winchester Mag. My dad shoots a 338 Winchester Mag. Damn. I owned a I owned a fifth wheel trailer. A thir- I I I owned owned a you know a tool hauler, a toy hauler. Okay. And I had it custom built out here in Riverside. All right. He lived all the way up in San Jose. Yeah. He had a custom built one built in Riverside. The hauler for what is it all? You know, toy hauler. You know, you yeah. drive your your. It goes in the back of a truck or yeah, you, you hook it, it on it hitches to it. Yeah, right. yeah, got it. He had a custom built one built from the same factory Damn. as me. No, it even it isn't even done yet. Uh-huh. So my businesses are all decorated with bamboo and yeah, and you know plants and ponds. Yeah, he had his second company uh-huh. was a car wash company. Okay, every one of them was themed out. Every one of them had a pond. Every one of them had bamboo. Just Holy shit, that's crazy insane stuff. Damn, crazy stuff you could never explain. That is crazy. Yeah. So anyway, he accepted me immediately. He's like, "You're my son. I don't, you know." I don't need a DNA. I go, well, the good news is there's DNA because I yeah. want proof, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, don't worry. You fit in. And that's when I was like, I got to have a DNA test. Uh-huh. Cause just because like, you're like, this is too, this seems too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just, you know what they're all saying is if it if it seems too real to be true, it's because yeah. it's not going to. Exactly. It's not real. It's living a dream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, this is unbelievable. I mean, all of a sudden, I got a millionaire dad. He likes to hunt. Yeah. I mean, it's like, what fairy tale this fall out of? You know what I mean? He took me hunting like three months, two months, probably only a month later, actually. Yeah. I went pig hunting, got a deer, shot a deer. He hands me a, a brand new, not a brand new rifle, but a really nice rifle and says, uh-huh. well, I wasn't there when you were young, so here's yeah, your gun, yeah. here's your rifle. Takes me deer hunting a couple months later. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's like, he never, you know, he didn't really ever give me money. I mean, uh-huh. he, but he took me hunting a lot. So even he a, was a dad for you instead yeah, of, yeah, exactly. Being just someone that's like, here, let me make up for it yeah. by giving you like a cup, like a couple hundred D's or something. Yeah. Instead, he's like, I'm going to be there for you yeah, for so as we long just, as I so can. So I got to do all the stuff I dreamt about. I mean, like my, you know, it was like. All the stuff you kind of, maybe when you were younger, wanted to do with your dad and then never got in, to. In my fantasies. Yeah. yeah. Of course, because I never had a dad. Or even growing up. It, yeah. never, it never ends. Yeah. You always want to do stuff yeah, with your... Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I was 33 years old and I was like yeah. thinking, you know, 33, 34 years old and I was thinking, you know, I my dream was that he would hunt and I'd go hunting with him and my brother. And then he did. And I did. Many Holy times. Holy crap, man. So, it was like... So the term "living the dream" has deep roots. That's where it comes from. Yeah. And so when I started, and when I started actually using the term, uh-huh. I felt like it was really stupid, and I got really criticized. Like people would be like online, you know, uh-huh. hashtag my dreams better than your dream. Yeah. Hashtag your dream sucks. Yeah. I mean, people that they were really drilling me. Evil. And, mean. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were being nasty. Sad about people. It. And I just decided. Really and I just decided one day. Why do I care? Yeah. You know what I mean? What does that even affect me? And I said, the fact is, I live in a world that is unfair because I'm not getting what I should get. I'm getting okay. something way better. Ah, okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say. <laughs> you get yeah. what I mean? Well, you'd lived even, even though the first I had, 20 years. And you yeah. know what? And it was not a fairy tale life. I even... even 100%. Did, yeah. Well, even it almost to, kind of is, I almost lost, You know, it's funny as I did a video. 
where yeah. I explained what living the dream was. In that video, uh-huh. it's almost like I prophesied what was going to happen to me in a year. Because uh-huh. a year later, I almost lost my entire business. This one? This one right here. Okay. Which was only about a year and a half ago. What happened? Uh, the city, we went to the city, wanted to do an expansion, and the city was like, what have you done already? And everything wasn't, you know. Up to code. and Yeah, yeah. and everything wasn't perfect. And and uh, and the amount of paperwork there is to get a conditional use permit is un- obscene. Uh-huh. And the city is like, even though I they didn't know I'd already had a pre-approval, not a pre-approval, but I, they'd already given me permission. Okay. The prior city that, ro- that was ran yeah. by somebody else two years prior, three years prior, had pretty much said, you know, you don't have our blessing. But everything you're doing is fine. But you can't, they said, but you can't, you're going to have to legitify the zoo at some point if you're going to charge to get in. So I negotiated a deal that I could say, you know, $5 donation. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? Because it's not technically a zoo? Correct. Got it. And and it took all kinds of special permits. They couldn't make special things. So basically I'd gotten through a loophole Mm -hmm. and they pretty much were like, don't you do one thing to this building without a permit from oh, here on out. Okay. Because there was nothing really wrong. Got it. It was just not through the proper channels and uh, you know all that. So anyway, the new city people were like, I don't know if we want you in our city. Now, they didn't really say that, but they said it. They told me one point, they go, well, I'm not sure you fit in our city anymore. You know, we don't have an ordinance for you. The only thing we can do is a conditional use permit. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to bring your business up to these standards, which were super high, okay. you know, like a hospital practically. They have to have fire, you know, all this fire safety yeah. equipment. Uh, they didn't like the building. They didn't like the alligators. They didn't like the, think about it. Cities worried about obligations and responsibilities. Yeah, something getting out or, were they worried about or what the, a, the, you know, the somebody getting hurt? for the animals? No. No? No, they never came up. They tried to use different things uh-huh. on the way. They tried. They tried first with. Uh, they had them. It, it was very complicated. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they ended up closing me down for twenty-seven days after they gave me the permit. Yeah. After two-year, like a year and a half, of, you know, they'll tell you I, mean, I was dragging my feet, but they were putting me through hoop yeah. after hoop. I think I had about a hundred and fifty conditions I had to me- meet. Jeez. And uh, every one of them, every time I had an impossible feat, mm-hmm. it was like I would just work on the stuff that was possible, and then some miracle would happen, and the other, the impossible thing would just become possible. Yeah. So I did that, and I literally almost lost everything. Jeez. And uh, it, I mean, I literally we ended up spending about one hundred fifty thousand more than we were supposed to, uh-huh. and that's all good. Except yeah. I had no loans, no way to borrow money, no way to do it. Yeah. You know, and then they closed me down for 25 days, 27 days. And that 27 days, we do about $100,000. Yeah. Well, the $100,000 is not profit. That's Yeah, it's just gross. Right. Yeah. Gross is, means nothing. Nothing, yeah. So that 100000 needed to be paid that month period. So don't ask me how, but mm-hmm. we survived the whole ordeal. And in that video, I basically said, well, you know, there's this place called the alligator farm and they got pushed out and it's just like everything i said happened you know and it wasn't my first rodeo all the all the troubles that i had in my life yeah it prepared was prepared you for you know honestly yeah 
It was probably when I really, 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 really realized uh-huh. I wouldn't trade 15 minutes of my life, the most painful things that ever happened to me back because it had made me, it was the first time I was in a war that was so big yeah. that I didn't even have to fight because what I decided to do was basically go, you know what? Mm-hmm. If you're out there, God, it's just simple. I don't want this place if you don't want it. Yeah. And if you want it, you best figure it out. <laughs> yeah. And I just did what, everything I could do. Yeah. And everything else just worked out. And it was, you know, my, my daughter, if you ask my daughter, I asked her I asked her one day when I was sitting there, how many miracles did it take for us to get this thing through? And she said it'd be a miracle if I could remember every miracle. <laughs> I mean, it sounds... I'm, uh... I'm telling you, unbelievable. Un- 27 days without... Those yeah, doors but you still opening. have to keep all the animals alive, right? And uh, yeah, I mean, luckily I could still on out of store sales. They shut down the birthday party thing. Said okay, you know, before then they told, and then we killed. We had to shut down all our in store parties. Okay, which they didn't know, but I had permission for those. Got it. Yeah, and so I just left it alone because I thought, hey, if this thing goes wrong, I want them to make as many mistakes as possible. Yeah, yeah. Because somebody's going to have to, you know, because this thing, and so I, it took me a lot of work to keep people from freaking out mm-hmm. because they were all like, what are they doing? You want me to, you know, we had senators, we had a lot of people freaking out in the background. And for some reason, the first fight in my life, I said, everybody just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> just shut up. This thing's going to work. Yeah. And it wasn't a case. I've had a lot of things in my life where I could hear a little voice in my head, uh-huh. you know, go, don't worry. I got you. Yeah. This time it was, I was on, I, I didn't hear any of that. And I just went for it and I just kept going. And my daughter was like almost acting like me. She's involved in this. Yes. Yeah. My oldest daughter. She first blood. Yeah. First blood, baby. <laughs> my middle daughter was here for many years, but she wasn't, uh-huh. she wasn't here on this ordeal. This was only a year and a half ago. Yeah, it was. Uh, we finished about twelve months ago the edition. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you got to look at that, but no, I'll check it out. After it's this. come out really well. Yeah, I mean, uh, everything's worked out really well for me since the edition, and it's great. And uh, our rent doubled. And uh-huh. It was just everything that go wrong went wrong. Yeah, and everything that could go right went right. It was like a battle, you know. But it all everything's worked together, and I just. At the end of the day, I just came to, you know, I, I just, like I said, I just decided deep down inside of me, he's like, if I'm, if I, if I'm not supposed to have it, I'm mm-hmm. okay with it. I'm ready. I'm ready to live life you on real terms. It. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'll, I'll figure something out. Yeah. Time. I just decided that there's something bigger and better. And, uh, the bigger and better came with this. Yeah. I mean, I got a million followers on just social hit a million. media now. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it's like. It's not an easy feat. No, I got, you know, I mean, to be honest, I have, I just. The funny part was, uh-huh. so basically I told you we went 150 grand over budget. Yeah. This is a little bit top secret, but it's not. Uh-huh. So after we got completely done. Yeah. After the impossible all happened. Yeah. I get a phone call. Oh, we need the biggest snake in the world. I know you got it. You know how much it sold for, right? 150K. <laughs> and I didn't know any money, but I knew that. Worse yet, yeah. the whole time I was more worried about how am I going to pay the bills until I get enough business things to cover to then cover the 20,000, yeah. you know, instead of 10,000 a month, now I've got 20,000 yeah. 20, some bucks a month. And then 
I'm going to have more electricity, more employees. Yeah. How am I going to, you know, I need, I needed some cash flow to get me to that point. So you had a giant snake here that you sold. Yeah. Retic or? Yeah. Damn. And that, and so I just literally, to be completely honest, I went, wow, God, you just never <laughs> cease to assist me to, I can tell you so many things in my life. Yeah. Where I thought it was impossible. And I sometimes think in our lives, the reason why we have to reach that point is to find out it, that we it was just us and that it was always possible and that we are our own limitators. Because like you're getting in the way, yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, if we just relax and enjoy the ride, uh-huh. you know, it's like sitting at home watching a TV show yeah, and yelling at the top of your lungs, don't you know, idiot, there's a guy coming around that corner going to... Yeah, yeah. And you can't change anything. Now, so just let it. I'm not I'm not saying that life is all planned, but I'm saying is sometimes we're not willing to accept and just enjoy the ride, so we make the ride miserable. And I spent a lot of time making my ride miserable, and it was the first time in my life where I just kind of stood back and and I just said, "You know what? If I can fix it, mm-hmm. then maybe it's not that big a deal. Why am I working this hard?" I mean, at one point, I literally wondered because it was so impossible. I thought, maybe this is the time I'm supposed to get out. Yeah, you know what I mean? I don't have an option. And I just decided, there's nothing you want that's bad. So just want it and see what happens. And it all just came together. And like I said, at the end of it, boom, one deal, done. Amazing. And I was like, and even that took me a lot of stress because even that I had to like go, I had to like sit back and almost laugh at it because they wanted the snake and it wasn't eating because it was off food for the yeah. winter. Yeah. And they're like, well, we want to, you know, we want the snake. And I'm like, man, what if the snake doesn't eat again? Yeah. You no. know what I mean? And so at the end of the day, I'm, that's going to be shipped here pretty soon. That and snake? Yes. Oh, I thought Remember you... I told you it was after oh, I but sold I th- it. Oh, I thought you sold it to someone else. Right. But it hasn't left my building yet. Oh, okay. It's still here. Yeah. Because it took process. But the point was, is Got it. the whole point was. You got to show me that snake for it. It would have made it so. Yeah. But it would have taken zero faith. Mm-hmm. I would have got growing one inch. Yeah. If it would have all been handed to me. So how many things in life that we have come that's hard, that are for our, to help benefit us and make us grow as people, and we fight like little babies when it comes. Yeah. Okay. You get what I mean? No, I get what you're I'm saying. I'm talking to myself. So you know I'm talking to everyone. I'm not. I'm talking. I'm trying to advise everyone. But I'm talking to myself. Well, I mean, you're living you know proof I mean? of it. All the stuff that's I'm happened to you. I'm telling you, and and so I'm just learning in life that you know everything wasn't ever meant to be easy. And well, what doesn't make it? You know, it's not. No, you're not going to appreciate this place as much. There's, there's if it no growth. There's no. You don't grow muscles by. Yeah, by laying and staring at weights and having people pour money in your mouth and yeah. food in your mouth. You know. No, you're right. And so at the end of the day, sometimes we just need to look at our struggles and think. Hey, maybe this has got something good for me at the end. Let's just this is going to help. Let's just find out what it's going to be, and it's amazing how much easier those troubles can be in your life. And and so this was like a finale for me. And I uh-huh. say a finale because it was like I got to finally see it with my own two eyes, kind of, yeah, and understand it for the first time in my life. And so it's been really so the living the dream thing is real, real, really, really, really like to me now. It's like I get it. Yeah, I want and and I want to share it with more people. And that's why you're doing. And then you do it on Instagram. And so you're, you're that's you're, why you're, I the book the book was always a yeah. book that was going to be written when I died. 
Ah, like phone. Okay. And then one day I said, "Why? What are you waiting for? Yeah, just write it now. Are you just scared to write the book and just write it, you, man? You, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what, you know? Okay, so you can't read or write worth crap. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you want somebody to write it when you're gone? No, and write so, it now. So I thought, and so I just, I thought, I decided I want to write a book, and then I met a guy, and he's like, told him a couple of the things, and he's like, "You need to write a book." Mm-hmm. He's like, matter of fact, my mother-in-law does this for a living and I'm going to connect you to. And I just, you know, and so at the end of the day, even that was like laid in front of me. I didn't have to work for it. It's great. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, I just think that, uh, that's what living the dream means. That's a long definition, huh? I mean, yeah, this, the, it, but it was worth it because people get to see, I mean, it, it makes everything you say on Instagram and and yes, yeah, because like people can look at you on Instagram and yeah. how you're always positive. Because one of the first things that attracts some me to you is that it. you're some very people, positive. A lot of people love it. You're and, very positive. And dude. you know the funny part is, I'm not really as positive as I come up across because yeah. I'm I still have like this control side of me that's like you know, yeah. hey, why aren't you you know why haven't you cleaned that cage and you know I'm you're like a human man. I'm yeah. this over I'm this over uh, achiever. Uh-huh. And I don't understand why everybody else isn't. So I struggle yeah, within my same. own skin. Just and uh-huh. and I say that because I don't want anybody to ever think I'm not real. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I'm really, truly, always want the best for me and the best for everybody that is around me. Yeah. So when people turn on, you know, always. you want you're you're trying to push that positivity because you want. Yeah, and, I want and you're having to, fun. I want you're them around. To find, yeah, I mean, I'm doing something that I, I sometimes feel a little guilty because I'm saying living the dream, and I'll get a message and like. You don't get it, man. I don't like it when you say living the dream because my life sucks, you know. Yeah, and I tell, and then I get to tell them, well, you know what? Yeah, my life sucked plenty of it. But you want to hear the good news? I always tell people I have a I have a little saying I tell people uh-huh. when they're in a really think it's like the end of the world. Yeah, it's all over. I tell them, you want the good news or the bad news? Some of them say, I want the bad news. I go, oh, you ain't going through nothing compared to what you go through later. Yeah, and they go like, you had to tell me that right now. I go, oh, I promised. Yeah. You have a terrible thing in your future. That's going to happen. And they yeah. go, well, I thought you were a positive guy. And I go, well, you didn't ask me the positive. And they go, well, what's the positive? I said, uh-huh. the best day of your life is still in front of you, but you got to go live it. <laughs> you know? And you know what? I That's why I use the term living the dream because you know what? No matter how high I dream, mm-hmm. something beyond my imagination happens. It's awesome. I mean, I went to I, the other day. We flew back from we flew back, and my daughter's like, "Oh well, I got this ticket. And we're going to stop in Australia." I mean, dude, you went to Australia no, and you were we, we, hanging we out with to, crocodiles, right. and well, then you went to the, all that was crazy, right? But then we, even then, when we were when we we went to Komodo Island, right? Uh-huh. We were at the wrong season. We're not supposed to be dragons fighting, and I'm walking behind the largest dragon, behind watching it drink yeah. out of a pond. You know, just like living this incredible moment that just uh-huh. giant dragon walked a, you know, two city blocks to go call it night and yeah. went did his night thing and there's a bunch of other dragons there and he walks up and I'm filming it and two of them start fighting and one of the guy one of the guys there was like he's like oh my god you are such a lucky guy he doesn't know me he doesn't knew I was yeah. hashtags living the, the dream, dream yeah. and he's like. I cannot believe you're this lucky. This never happens this time of year. And the two dragons are standing up fighting and I'm filming it and I'm in the, fi- you know. Yeah. And, you know, and then and then on the way back, we stop in Hawaii, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a, 
a woman that I know from the internet and me and my daughter, I'm like, Hey, I know this woman that came and brought her family. And she's like, anytime you're in Hawaii, I'll show you around. And I go, she knows all these hot, cool hiking places. So I go, I'll just give her a call. So she's like, yeah, I'd love to show you around. So her and her friends show up at the airport, throw lays around her neck. We go on this incredible hike, right? We come down off the hike. One of the things that she wanted to have happen her whole life, not her whole life, but she always had tried to catch was the sand holds back this river. Mm-hmm. And when the sand breaks after a point, it creates these waves going into the ocean instead of the ocean waves. And so we go to this beach and she's, you know, after this hike and boom, it breaks right in front of us. Everybody's riding these waves going in. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen those. You, you yeah. know what I'm talking about, yeah, I've right? I've seen the waves, yeah. And she's like, oh my God, I, I live on this island and I've never been able to catch it. I come by here all the time. I've never caught it. You know, the the, the guy, the, the lifeguard is like, well, it happens two t- times a year, but only it happens for an hour a yeah, times yeah. a year, you know? And so we're there and that happens and she's like, oh my gosh, that's like a, unbelievable, right? And then we go to the next place and I'm like, I tell her, oh, I really love wine shaved ice. Uh-huh. Starts to rain and I got this incredible double rainbow, you know? <laughs> She's like, oh my gosh, what a moment, you yeah. know? And it was just a series and series and series of like, you know. Beautiful things happening. Yeah, right in front of me. Like, oh yeah. my gosh, you're so lucky. And I and I just think to myself, God, I must be getting really ignorant because now it has people have to tell me it. Because, I mean, it's literally, it's like when I was in Australia the last time. Yeah. I'm sitting there eating lunch and they walk in with a two-headed blue-tongued skink. I make a video. It's got a million views on it. Oh yeah, the yeah the I remember thinking I think of, I saw you doing that yeah. Just walks in while I'm sitting there. What's the odds of that? While I'm sitting there. Now you're making it is happen, that because man. it ain't that's 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 the trick about living the dream. Yeah, it's because I'm just willing to let it happen. I'm not trying to force my life anymore, and I really think that that's the secret to life. I know so, I know a lot of people are like you got to go out there and just make it. Well, you know what? How about you just go out there and help whoever you can help on your way? I, there's a little saying. I mean, go after what you want to do. Absolutely. But don't force something. But don't, but don't have to. You don't have to like, you know, I, I just decided and this ordeal got me through it where I just came to uh-huh. the conclusion. I don't think I'm supposed to be a slave. I was, I was a work, I'm a workaholic. Yeah. From the word go. Mm-hmm. I mean, for me to work 18 hours, 19 hours a day, my whole life is nothing. Yeah, I mean, back is just like what I did because I was always worried about got to make it, got to survive, and I just realized now it's like you wasted a lot of your life fighting for things that you could have gotten for free if you just sat back and let it come. Instead, I'm trying to make something happen that wasn't time to happen, and uh, I just I really I don't regret it because it's part of the learning process. Mm -hmm. But I just think we forget to take time to enjoy what we got. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you don't even like what you got, then how could you ever enjoy anything? If you, you don't learn to like whatever you have, and then you can also look forward and try and get hey, more. Hey, there's nothing wrong with wanting something good. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm down with it, but how many times do we want something good at the cost of others? I'm sorry, I don't have time for you. I got to yeah. go to work. I mean, I'm, I'm the most guilty person in the world. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, uh, my wife, my poor wife. I mean, she didn't even hardly see me for years, it seemed like. So you were working so much. Yeah. I mean, 
20 hour day. You know what I mean? Yeah. What, did I, what, what'd she get? She got a tired guy at, with four or five hours sleep at best. You know what I mean? That expected her to be chasing me to be next to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just got to be brutally honest sometimes, but, and so I just, you know, I, 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 uh, you know, I, I go to this church. It's, it's his pastor's name for Rick Warren. Mm-hmm. He wrote that book, Purpose Driven Life. Okay. And he has a little saying, and I always think, wow, that's really true. It's like, if you're willing to use your resources to help others, mm-hmm. God is willing to use his resources to help you. It's a good way to think about it, yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the day, if you can earn it all yourself, is it really going to be that great? Yeah, you're going to spend it with no one. And whatever you're going to earn is just something that one man can earn. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of it being something that comes. Multiple people can earn. Yeah, this place is, I mean, you built this place, but you did it with the help of the people. Absolutely. And now there's all these I, all, employees everybody's here. Everybody's worked and, their butt off. And all create. these, you know, animals. There's, there is a list of people that have worked hard at this place to make this place what yeah. it is. I don't think there's anybody that really understands how tough this business is. Yeah. Because it is... You know, people are always only, you do it for the money. I could make more money in real estate. Yeah. And one month a year profit than mm-hmm. I make ever working here. And the truth of the matter is, I had a period where I worked seven years. Uh-huh. And at the end of that seven years, I found a quarter on the floor and I picked yeah. it up. And I'll never forget it because it was a tough seven years. And yeah. I held it up and I said, I think that's the first quarter I made. <laughs> And I found it on the ground. Yeah. When we were tearing out something, uh-huh. I said, "I think that's the first quarter I've made in seven years." And somebody looked at me, and goes, "You serious?" And I go, "I, I honestly, it might be eight years." Yeah. And they're like, "Wow!" And I swear, from that day forward, everything's been better. And it was, and it was, I was okay to work for nothing, because really, the way I survived was on money I'd made prior. Yeah. And I didn't, ma- and I didn't have money. Remember, I told you I don't save money. Yeah, which I still don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, it's a joke. It's 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 kind of embarrassing, but uh, well, what is it about reptiles and snakes that? Well, I mean, they all need to eat. No, but no, no. What is it about them that oh, it, it fascinates you so much that it I'll always you, has? That it's real simple. Uh huh. I get when some of the worst periods in my life when I have making completely no money. Mm-hmm. When the ban of pythons was on the cusp and everybody was in a bad mood and they were all upset, I said to myself, "Hey." You've been telling everybody you don't do this for money. Why do you even, don't even let it affect you? And so I kept breeding my pythons. And everything was horrible. I mean, just no money, no nothing. Yeah. And people, I remember, I remember one day I was having, was a horrible day. And this girl, she comes in and she's like, I don't know, 19, 20 years old, beautiful blonde, walks up to me and says, I just want to tell you, I'm in vet school and it's, because of you, and I just thank you for changing my life. And I thought, wow, how can you pay for that? Yeah, you're right. Rich people have their kids committing suicide and yeah. taking drugs. And I got other kids that I'm helping. And I came from a tough life. For sure. So anything that I can do to help others is yeah. kind of exciting. I can't tell you how many experiences I've had where I couldn't hardly lift my head and somebody walks in. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm, I can't pay money for that. I just can't tell you. Yeah. It, it is probably the highest part of the whole job 
is when you have, I mean, I had a, one time I had a family come in. It was funny. There's a woman named Santa, Savannah Boeing that worked here at the time. Mm-hmm. And she comes to me and she goes, there's this family that wants to talk to you. And, and it was the, we didn't have the addition, but the door was there. And, and uh, I said, uh, I don't think I got it in me. And she goes, if you, can, if you can make it happen, I think you should talk to him. She knew nothing. Yeah. Just, she was going on just her heart, like, you know. She sensed it. Yeah. yeah, she just sensed something, you know. And I said, okay, give me five minutes before you tell him yes or no. I need mm-hmm. five minutes. I'm just, I'm completely spent mentally, like, emotionally, yeah. you know financially you know probably work three 20s in a row mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and she walks back in she goes what do you think i go bring him in in five minutes so they walk in and this little girl maybe 12 13 years old and a, a mom and a dad it actually happened twice and uh they walk in and they they go and they just go oh how you doing and, and the girl starts asking me all about these snakes and morphs, and I start showing her around, and and I'm just like sucking it up, you know. What I mean, just like trying my best to be positive, despite how I really felt emotionally drained and everything. And all of a sudden, she says, "The mom says, I'm just starting to get used to reptiles." And Dad says, "Yeah, ever since we lost our daughter." And she starts, and then all of a sudden they start telling me, we come here every year to celebrate our daughter's death. This is the her favorite place on earth. And I just about died. Yeah. I thought, mean. pull yourself together, man. You yeah. know what I mean? This guy, they, this family, I'm, I'm, I, I literally felt like, I got it. I can't let this fail. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I can't ever give up. I just, I mean, I had another incident where, I mean, and the funny part is this girl, I wrote in the book, I wrote it, I will put it in my book, some of these stories. And in the book, I talked about how a uh, this young girl, I was at home and I was at home sitting at home, you know, pity yeah. party, having a bad day, whatever, and didn't have to come in, didn't want to come in. I get a phone call from my daughter. Hey, there's uh, this family here. This happened a couple times with her too. There's this family here, and uh, any way you can make it in? And I'm like, I don't really want to. Now, when that when I've had that feeling, now I just it. immediately go, yeah. okay, get, can you ask them if they can stay, stay a half hour? Because I just, you know, it's a half hour, cool. If not, call me yeah. back. Happened yesterday, by the way. And so I said, uh, I'll, I'll make it. I'm just, I'll, you know, I'll be there in 30 minutes. I'll get myself together. So I get over here. This young girl runs up to me, throws her arms around me. Oh my God, I love you. You're awesome. You're, you know, I've been watching your stuff on YouTube forever. So great. So I start showing around the shop and I'm, and I'm, you know, I see the mom and dad and they're kind of standing back and, and, uh, pretty soon they open up because I mean, I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I like to socialize with people. Mother looks at me and says, well, I've got cancer in both my, both my breasts and they don't think I'm going to live. You know what I mean? And I decided if there's ever time I need to start figuring out what my daughter's into and spending time with my daughter, I best do it. And I really thank you for being here because she really, this place is, you know, now I'm getting into, you know, I mean, the reptiles have brought us together. It's all, I mean, basically 
patted me on the back, thanking me for being me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, and it was so funny because I told this lady that we're writing in the book. I'm telling the story. The next day after she leaves, I hadn't seen her one time. She walks in the front door and says, just says to me, you know, now it's like been a couple years. Yeah. Hi, how you doing? And I go, great. How are you doing? And she goes, do you know who I am? And I said, how about I just wrote you in the book two days ago? <laughs> she goes, book? And I go, yeah, about your mom. How's your mom? Yeah. She's great. Wow. And that was a turning point of her life. Of you know. And so at some point, I feel like I'm a piece in a puzzle. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm living the dream. You because are. I'm a piece in the puzzle that, to me, is more important than I ever thought I could be from a kid that never finished school, that couldn't read, couldn't write, still can barely write. Mm-hmm. You know, people online will beat me up for not being able to write correctly and answer, but I decided I don't care. I just, hey, you know what? I'm doing something. Fuck it, man. What are you doing? <laughs> no, I, yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. say it to him, but deep down inside, I'm thinking it. to myself, yeah, yeah. you know what? Yeah. Instead, I tell him, you know what? I, I just tell him, hey, I'm just doing my best with what I got, uh-huh. but I'm doing something. I'll say it for you. Don't worry. You know, right? you know, when it happens, send them to me. I'll say it for you. I'll say and, what you and, don't want to say. You know, and at the end of the day, I just, I just thank God and, and everybody around me that helps me out, that gives me support, that people that I don't even know, mm-hmm. that get me to a million followers, that tell me, send me, send me a message every day that tell me how that I'm helping them and, you know, able to help them in their emotionally and, and, uh, hang in there and do the best what they got. And I, and I'm excited. I, I, I really don't care to push God on anybody. I, I don't think that, uh, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, if, if there's a God and he lets us choose whether we follow him or not, then who am I to tell you what to do? <laughs> I mean, I couldn't think of a better way to wrap this thing up, man. Right? Seriously. This is, I mean, who fantastic. am I? Yeah, no. I'm just another guy on the street that he that he seems to, you know. I mean, that, that's really the way I see it. favor in the second half of his life, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, at the end of the day, ass in the first I half. think he was favoring my. I don't yeah. think I don't think he was ever kicking my butt. I think yeah. he was just allowing things to come my way that would benefit me later. Of course, we don't ever understand the benefits of anything that's isn't what we want. You just got to keep living the dream, right? <laughs> hey, you know what? Whatever that is, that's I'm right. Ready. I'm, I'm ready for it. However it comes, I'm just going to have to lay back and, and uh, believe it's in my path for a better reason and a good future. And, and who knows, maybe I can help somebody in the way. And I think God knows people, lots of people have gotten in the way to help me. Yeah. People should live more like that. Where can people find you online? Uh, I'm on Instagram at J prehistoric pets. Awesome. Uh, YouTube, YouTube is prehistoric, uh, TV, okay. prehistoric pets TV. I'm sorry. And, and then uh, uh, Facebook too. If you look up pets. Jay Brewer, they'll Jay find Brewer, you there. Right? Yeah, I don't do a lot on Facebook. Uh-huh. Never know. Yeah, might change. Might switch it up. Yeah, yeah. And if people are uh, in the California area, we're in Orange County, yeah. California, in Fountain Valley, and uh, we have a reptile zoo. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we I think we charge a very minimal amount of money. It's ten dollars. We have hand. The part that I always wanted is they've tried to take it away like three times, but the good yeah. part is. After 30 years, nobody's messing with it, but mm-hmm. uh, the hands-on portion, because I really do, we really... It's fantastic, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I I couldn't learn anyway, but hands-on. Yeah. So I my, my, you can say my calling in life is to find those few people that maybe need to be hands-on and 
need to find their passion and and uh maybe I'm a good example of it because I really really was would be checked for never making it. But you did anyway. Yeah. Fantastic, man. Thank you so much for doing this. This was fa- this was awesome. Yeah, I don't know if it stayed on topic when no, you really no, it was, wanted. It, it was perfect, right? This is this is uh it, you're living the dream and you I'll, told us how I'll and tell you it, it just what you just heard was just the real That's good. The real what makes it all tick. People like that. Tick, Thank you tick, so much, tick. Jay. Okay. Talk to you Thanks soon, for, Psychos. Thank you. Yeah.